Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 78. John, how are you doing this Friday night? It's Friday night. I feel freaking great, man. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I had a horrible fucking day at work, so I'm actually real glad to be out of there and uh, doing this podcast. So get me get my mind off my horrible day. I didn't even get a chance to tell you that, but uh, here we are. We're good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling great tonight <laughs> here. Um, we were at this event. Yes, at the UCC NLA Blood on the Hills is two is what we are covering tonight. And we were there. Yes, you were front row down on the floor, and I was back in my usual spot, front row on the stage with the family for a little bit. And uh, you looked like you had all the action down there once again uh, <laughs> at the UCC Center. You know, we were having a blast over there. Um, we we try to pride ourselves on being the loud ones. I know you know how that kind of is. We're we're always trying to keep things moving. We want the crowd to to you know jump the whole time. Um, we sat next to our friends Arizona, yeah, who we're talking about. They knew here they're, who they're talking about. Yep. Um, the UCC was sold out, which is that's the UCC baby. We always sell out over there. It was the last couple hours, just right down to the end, and then it was announced. Okay, tickets gone. And it was funny, like we were even kind of like as like 20 minutes, 10 minutes before the show, we kind of looked around we're like, whoa, this crowd's not kind of uh, as crowded as it normally is. And then sure as shit by match two, that thing was back, like packed, like yeah. collective packed. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. See, I thought about like the third match. I looked around like, whoa, this place filled up pretty fast. You know, it could be that L.A. traffic on a Saturday night. You never know. I know yeah, I've been too. bitten. I've been bitten by that Friday night L.A. traffic. And let me tell you. Man, four miles can turn into 40 minutes. Yep, that's what happened the one time. Me and my wife, we left an hour and a half early. We were stayed five miles from the place. We got there right when the show started. <laughs> wow, yeah. I still love the venue. I still love the whole place. The traffic can go to hell. Uh, but the LA people, fantastic. Um, everybody there was absolutely well-behaved in the right ways and let loose in the right ways. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't see a damn thing. Did you? Anything not, bad? Nothing. Not nothing crazy. And I, I, uh, the people that I, I talked to at the show, they were even saying like that. That was probably the most well-ran UCC show they've been to. And I mean, Collective was pretty good, but it seems like since the Collective has gotten better and better. And this was the first time. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Nothing. I can't think of a single incident. I'm like, oh my god, that stupid drunk fan or whatever. Like, what right, are they thinking? Right. Like. There was a you know, it was a good clean show from the crowd, and uh, I think there was all the action too kind of helped out a lot because it was like nonstop uh, throughout the night as well. Um, I've just I I didn't even think about anything going on in that direction until I sat down to start writing my notes. I went, oh, there's no, there's nothing crazy to report. Nobody threw anything that shouldn't yep. have, or nobody got into any type of disorderly drunken conduct. Um heads up i mean not heads up but just like awesome job by security and i don't know what was going on that night because just the vibe was wonderful it wasn't as warm in the ucc because la was just a little cooler than it would have been in say august so i think that also helped with the temperature a little you you add a couple beers and it's 90 some in there it'd be a little nasty but when it's 81 82 it's a little more comfortable and people are a little more relaxed 
Yeah, I, I think the weather did, did help out too. But um, going, I go, just reading on my group chat real fast. I was just trying to read exactly what two the two different people said that was at the show, and they said, "Yeah, they the most behaved UCC crowd while also being the typical UCC nuts." And but it kept it in a good vibe, and they uh, did a good job of crowning the drunks and the GA people to sit behind the seats and stay out of the way the people that paid for him so uh that a lot of sentiment going around that so shout out to and i know they had a different crew uh the normal person that's running the front up uh the tickets wasn't doing yes. it and they had the other people going it so uh the new crew did a very good job so good job <laughs> poor doo-doo poor doo-doo hope to see him soon wasn't he doing i thought he was doing like something fun instead or was he um, maybe not he, maybe i misread uh, it i don't something personal i didn't I don't oh, know what okay. to really well, say he just it. no 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 just like he had something family or friend related that was going oh, okay on. so yeah this is nothing nothing crazy it's not like he jumped to another company and he's like uh-uh, i'm gonna open doors at their place nothing like that so no drama <laughs> okay so after seeing all these lovely faces i thought that now was a good time to just do some thank yous to some performers that support us I usually like to say thank you to some fans and whatnot. And I never thought about just naming out some people that, you know, retweet us, love what we put out there, support us, say nice things about us and our podcast. So people like Cole Radrick, Effie, Mance Warner, Pero, Alec Price, Bobby Flacco, Jack Cartwheel, John Wayne Murdoch, Jordan Oliver, Gringo Loco, and Los Macisos. All of those just off the top that I wrote down for just a quick blah, blah, blah. Very supportive in one way or another to our podcast. And I just wanted to make sure I said by each name purposely, thank you. Yeah, same thing. They always are there to support the podcast, retweet, interact with the podcast. And they're always the first ones we go out of our way to kind of go say hi to at the shows. And they always go out of their way to kind of say hi and give us the time too. So uh, yeah, big shout out to all those names um, for everything they've done. And it was kind of cool seeing them all that night. The one person I really got to meet that I didn't see, uh, wasn't thinking I would see that day was Bobby Flacco. I got to take a picture with him after the show and uh, it told him like, Hey, it was pretty cool. And I appreciate his YouTube videos and stuff like that. And he got excited. He's like, Oh, so you're like, you guys are the podcast. I'm like, yeah. Like I was like, I told him like you guys were down there. Cause I think you were getting a picture with, um, uh, Sawyer at the time or right or in line to get in yeah. the picture with Sawyer. So when I was doing the Bobby Flacco thing, so, uh, I did get to talk with him. So that kind of was the highlight of my night being able to go out of my way and talk to him for a little bit. He, uh, he came out for his entrance and whatnot. And when he turned my way, he fucking goes, Hey, big guy and slaps me on the fucking chest or something like that. That was our only interaction for whatever reason. I felt terrible. I even texted, I DM'd him later. I'm like, Hey man, I am so sorry. Somehow our past didn't cross. And I was so happy that you were there and you know, whatnot. So yeah, that was a uh, nice surprise. I wasn't expecting. Right. <laughs> okay. So I, um, there were some people I met. I have a chance to meet armies who was fantastic. We had a little bit of a language barrier. My Spanish is atrocious and his English was decent. So when it came down to it though, we had a good time and had a show of respect, which I wanted to do. I thought he did a great job out there. Um, I saw him standing there and I told my wife, let's go look because he had some shirts over there that are the kind that my wife liked. She ended up buying one. So if you see RMEs around, check those out for sure, because those were some good looking shirts. I had a chance to meet referee Dan Perch. 
that was so nice. What a cool guy. Like I said, I'm sitting here talking to him, not judging, you know what I mean? But what I'm saying is what a cool guy. He's one that I could sit down and talk about the deeper parts of how wrestling really works. He's a student of the game and he's really proud of it. I think it's a good way to put it. Uh, do, 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 do Tony Deppen. He was the down to earth family man. Uh, upstanding gentleman kind of like just a nice normal dude like i don't drink much i'd have a beer with him just to see what he has to say and talk to him i could talk about my family he could talk about his it would be a very normal conversation but i love that no he, attitude he, no ego no he was cool like we uh, he was probably the coolest wrestler i'd have had to think about one time because he was like 30 minutes talking to me like during a blake christian match i think it was um i forgot who was going against but like, even like he's in the back like talking to me but mid-conversation he saw something or heard a chant and then he started like chanting like an opposite chant to try to get it going but me and him were talking about like cult movies and like a design how he came up with the logo for his shirts and stuff and yeah tony deppin is a real cool dude to talk to it was it was fun like i said it was nothing wrestling it was just about the cult movies the shows his brewery and stuff like he was asking me what kind of drinks i like i was like oh i like the craft the sour beers and stuff and he's like oh yeah and like he's telling me how he's thinking of making one or what or one of his buddies wanted him to make one or something like that so tony's a cool dude to talk to jordan cruz was another one that i saw him hobbling after the show man he was a sore dude just so i had to go up and i just go look we don't have to touch right now i just want to tell you you did a fantastic job i'm hoping that the gcw fans treated you right because it looks like you took the ball and ran with all the energy we gave you he was like yeah I identified myself so he understood who was talking to him and he was really happy and we had a we had a great conversation just for a small amount of time and it was nice to see someone in his boots get appreciated that night. Yes, I, I avoided eye contact with him at the beginning before the show. I was like, I don't want right. to make eye contact with him because uh, I don't want him to take anything I said going into this match personally or like it was against him. I try to make it clear that hey, I love seeing Jordan Cruz. I just wasn't and and we'll talk about it in this match yes. i got a lot of crow to eat <laughs> no no no. that's okay that's okay that's okay we will get to that in a second because i'm uh, i'm primed to hear what you and i have to say about that because you got a wish you got that title on the line we'll, we'll talk about that one in a moment the last one was jimmy lloyd same thing i go over introduce myself talk for just a quick minute and let him know hey here's who i am here who is the person who's talking about you and Thank you so much for what you do. You know, he's having a beer after the match. I'm not sitting there trying to, hey, man, hey, you know, hey, man, hey, man. No signatures, no nothing. And, you know, just how you doing? And same thing, just Jimmy. I like it. I like it a lot. So um, I'm trying to think how much further I want to go. Well, we'll talk about that before we get to that Oliver match. But a prediction was made on our podcast a while back. It was a wish that I had. I was talking about GCW getting bigger matchups. I wanted to see somewhere like Defy, West Coast Pro, somewhere where they can put on a serious show and we can have a medium to larger size independent rivalry. And here we go. We got Defy. November 17th and 18th, we have Defy Weekend from Washington Hall. Thank you to everyone involved in setting that up. I'm a happy, happy boy. What do you think? That 
That's a great company. Yeah, Defy is one company. I always like say I want to, if like go to Seattle, I want to go check them out. I'm actually just now you reminded me that they just had a show just recently. Um, yes. I think with like Swerve and Vikingo. And I was like, oh my God, I got to see that match. And I think they just announced it's going to be on that uh, Wrestle, was it was it Wrestle Remix, something like that? Uh, that website that's free, completely free. And they put up all their yes. shows with Defy, PC Ultra, Enjoy Wrestling, and Demand Lucha. And Demand Lucha's doing a lot of cool stuff out there, like Gringo Loco and uh, the other Lucha talent. But Defy is a company I would want to see GCW work. And I saw like the tonight when they kind of, uh, or earlier today when they posted out like the two dates. And hey, first night's going to be GCW, second night's Defy, yes. which is probably going to turn into GCW versus Defy, which is going to be fun to watch. And yeah, I hope both of those are, uh, well, I know one of them will be on. Um, fight tv i'm just hoping the second night will be on fight tv too because i don't know how that works with defy and and maybe if they tag along with gcw and put it under the gcw promotion it could work i don't know but defy yeah. is awesome defies iwtv correct no they don't they have they're on that wrestle remix now like that's okay, what i'm okay, saying okay. it's a free site it's um it's like w-r-e mix if you type that in and uh it'll bring you to a website and like yeah it's like free you lot I don't even think you have to log in. Like maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it's a completely free website and they have a lot of the cool, like I said, recent shows. I'm trying to see when the premiere of um, that show I missed was, I think that's coming up here soon. We're not sponsored by any of these people. We're just bullshitting this fan. <laughs> right? So yeah, we are, we're just figuring out as we go. Uh, Emil also opens the show. I want to say he's a freaking soldier. That dude, he took the trip to Japan for the first time and He's a bigger fan than most wrestling fans that you're ever going to meet. And there's a wonderful picture of him out there just smiling ear to ear in Japan. So, yeah, the that Cork and Hall one. Cork and Hall. Yeah, that was cool. All right, uh, bud. What do you think? Is there anything else you were thinking about talking about before we rock and roll? Uh, no, I think we're ready to hop in. Um, oh, yeah, I think the world premiere is on already from <laughs> Defy. October 13th, yeah, 2023. So this weekend, it's already uh, posted up there. Oh, great. Okay, oh, good. Go, so, okay, yeah, I'm excited now. <laughs> so now, so now we kind of <laughs> know now where to get it too. So good call yep. on uh, letting us know where that's at. Yeah, it's a cool site. Like I said, it's free. They got like a big library of, I don't know if it's all the Defy shows. And same thing with the PCW Ultra show. They got a lot of uh, good shows out there. All right, our first matchup of GCW's Blood on the Hills 2 was a surprise title match as Jordan Oliver versus Jordan Cruz. Um, uh, they announced Embo <laughs> goes, for, and it is for the GC or JCW title. Like you looked up, I mean, I looked at you, I'm like, huh, what, why? Because it wasn't announced before as a title match, but I am glad we got it because uh, it just added a little bit more to it. And I think it actually helped out a lot, especially for like the viewers on fight tv mm -hmm. jordan castle did an amazing job of like hyping up like holy shit the possible upsets from jordan cruz and um i think they added more stakes to the to the match obviously not even for the fans in uh, in person but i think more so online and it was a great match and though i do I had a little problem with Jordan Cruz's offense at the beginning. It was just the high knee power bomb, high knee power bomb, high knee power bomb, high knee yeah. power bomb, high knee power bomb. And then it turned into a wrestling match, which I'm like glad, but he still went for the high knee. So I like it though, because he's like, hey, I got I'm going after this. Like they called it perfectly. I'm trying to get it done and out of the way, hit it at the beginning and get this done and over with. But I think the crowd was super hot for this match and commentary for live was 
awesome. And I think overall, this was a way better match than I kind of was not expecting it to be. But I think with all the circumstances and everything, it ended up being way better than I thought it was. And kudos to everyone involved in the match and the crowd and commentary because it was fun. A great opener. Okay, so I was at the ground level there. I'm going to kind of say what I can about this. So before we get back to your side, because I do kind of want to talk about that for a minute, um, there was a pocket of Jordan Cruz fans that were just very avid about their wrestler. And this is how a small pocket of fans can move an entire crowd. Wrestling fans are fantastic when it comes to being anti something they want to they want to do something like that they want to cheer for the anti-hero they're also big on is this cool then i want to cheer it too you can hear that a lot sometimes uh both men had us eating out of the palm of their hands in this match so i'm going to go back a little further here the our latest episode that had just been released was um was recorded and I just went ahead and listened to it on the way from Las Vegas to LA. So that was my listening. And um, I'm listening to you say, Hey, look, you know, it doesn't make sense. I don't know if there's a real reason for it, but why not make this a title match? And, and you had a good point there because honestly, if this was written as Jordan winning anyway, why not slap that title on there? Because you're adding an extra layer to this drama that's unfolding in the ring. And I'll tell you the fans wouldn't have been as hot if there wasn't a title on the line, because having that title on the line gave the fans a sense of hope. They had the sense of hope. And I think that helped Jordan Cruz for his next match at UCC center. He's over. He is yes. way more over now. Cause I, I don't even think you said small pocket. I felt, about half the people that probably go to these shows know Jordan Cruz, and that's yeah, their guy yeah. with all this stuff. So I expected it to be like that, but not that vocal. Like I didn't expect it to be taken over that much. I thought it would be like live. It would be a right. more Cruz fan, more Cruz base, and a little bit more Oliver. But no, it was like 80%, 85%, 90% Cruz even, yeah. and 10% Jordan. And I'm glad to see it. Like I said, I'm glad they made it the title match because I think it just now boosts Jordan Cruz's credibility his next time he shows up in GCW, and especially on the West Coast. I, I think now you could call it up and, hey, he was that close to beating Jordan Oliver for the JCW title, and that yeah. just elevates his character to another level. And he stepped up and performed, and I, I'm glad. And I, I'm glad it was a title match because I said, like, that's all those things you said is kind of where I was thinking of. Why not just make it a title match? If you're going to already know, like if you're going that route, why not? Like I, that's why, why I was kind of frustrated when I first said that frustrated. I was, I was just like kind of surprised and that they didn't announce it as a title match, but ultimately they did. And I'm glad. And I think it worked out way better as a title match. Yeah. So I'm listening to it on the road and I'm going, you know, he's really going in on it. He really does believe this is the way it should be. And you know, you just happened to be on that wavelength to, you know, whatever Brett or whoever was just thinking. And um, it made sense. And it worked out real well. We ended up having a live title defense from Jordan Oliver. It was 18th, his 18th defense. And um, I stand by it as this match was way more than expected. It's, 
Well, you know what? I'll go with my notes because I don't want to jump. So everybody knows my notes. Here we go. On top of this, we only have nine matches to really look at this LA show. Normally, we're looking at two or three shows worth of matches here. So we had a match of Jordan versus Jordan with Jordan Castle on the mic. We'll add Dave Prezak, but he's not a Jordan. I like that picture they took uh, uh, in the alley of UCC, the Jordan. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Um, I put here that Oliver had aggressive determination from the minute he came out the entrance. You could see it very well on TV. I have that Cruz is a beast. His weight was making every impact on the canvas sound louder. And I'm unsure why he isn't in the big leagues yet. Like, but I feel he will be. What are you thinking about that? Like, he's got a good look. He's got, he's going in the right direction at minimum. Oh, I think everything. I don't. And I don't want to sound bad. Like this might be like the my point. What I was saying at the beginning of the match: high knee power bomb, high knee power bomb, high knee power bomb. Yeah, like was, yeah. it was legit. At least three or four. It was over three, maybe four or five. Literally, those were like the first ten moves we saw from him. So I think his move set, in my opinion, like maybe just the in ring work is what's holding him back a little bit. In okay. my opinion, that's kind of what is my thinking about. I think he's like a blue chipper. He just needs more in ring experience with. I think psychology. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So I was just very happy that this was more of a real competitive match and less of a local squash match. So I thought that was something that was really enjoyable here. There was a point where I wasn't thinking, Hey, this is the local guy. It. Okay. So you were talking about how each man is going to come across. You're right. Uh, Jordan Cruz is going to come out of this looking like a very strong championship contender. And Jordan Oliver is going to come out of this looking like someone who just had another mature championship defense. And it looked really good. And that lets you know that given enough time and given enough talent, you can make a match with anyone. I, I don't think Jordan Cruz, but I'm saying like, Anyone can do this if they have the common understanding of how a wrestling match works. Both of these men did it wonderfully. They did a great job playing into the crowd and what they were giving them. And again, as long as, I mean, if someone was in Cruz's shoes, if they just have the want and the need, they're going to be in a good situation. Maybe that's the best way to put it. I'm saying where he's at is on the up. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where he goes. Um, I'm not a pictured autograph really kind of guy i know i have the flag and my wife really is the one who enjoys getting the signatures on that but solid solid guy and i think he would be in like a mercer spot on the gcw squad and i would not be against hooking those two up as a tag team make maybe make him like a modern day pit bulls from ecw times so there's a lot of uh that i don't know i mean if you put him on his own make him taz I mean, you have somebody there that has the ability to be at the level where Taz was. He's wide, he's strong, and it doesn't matter who he is. He can lay him on his ass. So I look and at I like, it that way. And I like he's building off into like the gladiator character too. Like he's finally, yes. like he's kind of always had it, but now it's kind of more, it's, to me, it seems like it's more coming together and he's starting to find his like comfort level in that character, which is only going to, as you said, propel him up. I, I agree with you. I said that because that's why I, I kind of half was joking. I didn't want to make eye contact with him, but 
I kind of was like, I don't want it to be taken the wrong way. Like, I love Jordan Cruz. I think he is a blue chipper up and coming, like going to have a great future. But like at the moment, that's why I was just like, ah, he's not right on Jordan's level. But this match proved me wrong and they carried a great match. And um, I do think that Jordan Cruz is could build off this. And I think I can't wait to see his next like uh, title match or not title match GCW match. I wouldn't mind seeing him and like Titus Alexander kind of get in the ring together. Oh man, uh, yeah, I I miss Titus, uh, Titus Alexander and GCW. I miss him too. Yep. Great point. Yeah, especially on the West Coast, man. Kid's got a great look. He can he can go. I liked your team of Mercer and Cruz, though. That's the one team I didn't even think of. I'm like, yep, that sounds good. Two muscle dudes just tossing each tossing like yep. Marco stump back and forth. Just I was thinking like demolition, you know, or yeah. the Road Warriors, like just bulk. I'm hoping they start doing some stuff with the tag teams in GCW, like with these new ones that they're kind of forming and putting together. Because uh, with Masisos and now Violence is Forever and all the tag teams you still have, I we always talk about the tag team teams, but the ones they're putting together now are been fun and yeah, interesting. Yeah. I was also loving the woo. You could hear the uh, Ric Flair woo when Jordan slapped on that figure four on Jordan. I, I had to say it that way. Uh, halfway through the match, that's where the fans started chanting, let's go cruise. I was noticing when I went back to review this commentary was acknowledging how that's not the normal reaction. And from here on forward, slowly 5% of a time, though 5% at a time, those chants started to build and get louder. You could see from that point forward also, Oliver had his hands full. It was not one of these, all right, Oliver's going to play with him like a cat and mouse situation. He... He had a match on his hands, and I think that's what the fans were pushing and looking for, and that was where Jordan Cruz really really came in and stood out. The last five minutes, fans completely turned on our JCW champion. It was obvious we were in Cruz country from that point. I had stated this six months ago. Oliver playing heel gets the fans fucking heated, and he was right there. If you needed to turn Jordan Oliver heel, right there would have been the time. Okay, okay, okay. I see you going nuts. Our no, winner here, Jordan I Oliver, I hand it over to you because you're the no. fan. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to go any further because I see you like turning red, ready to come out of your seat to talk about this. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I'm loving how I didn't think you were leading there because I had the same thought going in. I loved his aggressive. Like when Jordan loses a big match, Mm -hmm. I love just in character wise. Maybe it's not even in character wise. Maybe he does just like, hey, turn it up and I need to show up and do better. But in character wise, he comes out, didn't high five the fans, didn't do his normal cheer. And he just like the man on the mission. We've seen that multiple times of him mm -hmm. in his GCW career. And I love it. But I really, I agree with you. I was thinking this before the, the uh, person you were sitting with in Arizona texted me the same thing after I thought the same thing and then you said it before i even was able to say anything about it we're all on the same page i think a jordan heel turn um i guess we kind of talked about it, me and you off thing but i'll just kind of jump to it now yeah it wouldn't be a bad thing right now i think it would be a good thing um possibly with his match coming up here against manders um if maybe not i'd probably hold it off a little bit him losing the jcw title maybe new year's right before he does leave the country for a few months if he does lose the title he said he's taking the title with him but i don't know i still think he will probably lose it but i could see him coming back from the three four month excursion in uh in europe and coming back and making a su surprise return in gcw 
only to piss everyone off and turn heel, like do a swerve return, like maybe even on a Nick Wayne. Like, I don't know how Nick Wayne is even going to be treated if or whenever he does return in GCW. Now that his AEW characters, a heel, I think we'd still cheer for him as a face, but it would be kind of cool if, hey, we got Nick Wayne for one one night during the collective. Jordan shows up and turns heel on him. And I, I think. Jordan as a heel, especially right now when he's in these kind of moods, it plays into his character well. And as you said, the fans get heated on him and he draws major heat as a heel. And he's done that a couple times when he was heel in different ways. So I love the idea of Jordan as a heel. However he leaves is going to amplify his re-entry into GCW. Here's what I mean by that. There are three options. He can take that title to England. However, Outside of GCW, I don't know how much weight the JCW title has as a GCW promotional item. That's getting deep, but I'm just, okay. The second option is he loses as a face. Fantastic option. All right. It's going to go on to someone else. They're going to get the rub. I'm going to say I would like to see that on Alec Price because he's already down there rocking it. He has the ring. He's earned everything in that category. And I also think he's going to be one of the big stars in GCW as a breakout in 2024. I've been pushing him for a while. I see the work that he's doing in other companies. He has a championship in another country. He's on his way. He's, he's going to get there. That's what I'm looking at in that category. The third option would be that we have him drop it as a heel. That's why I said now would be the time mainly because that booing comes across heavy on TV. You now have something super hot live. That's money. And here's how that works. If that comes across like that on TV, that can sometimes bleed over into the next show where fans go, oh, that's what we're doing with Jordan now. And because it's the new slash cool thing, we may just jump on board or the fans may jump on board with that. I don't know yet. I'm kind of curious to see if that happens. Now, what I meant by how he exits will then determine how big his pop or boo will be when he comes back means how he loses and leaves that title in GCW. If that's from a heel perspective, when he comes back, he's going to get booed out the building. If he leaves that as the good guy, he's going to go out there with his head down. But when he comes back, if that music hits and he opens through that curtain looking confident, we may very well have a much stronger Jordan than we do right now he's going to come back a better creature be it four months six months two months whatever it is anytime a a wrestler invests in himself and goes to other places to learn and expand and become better they generally always do come back a better individual and i'm really looking forward to seeing a more polished jordan oliver and I think as whatever he comes back is as well, face or heel, but I think he's going to get a major, as you said, major pop or major boo. And that's the time he's going to be as hottest as he's probably been in GCW, other than maybe this run with Nick Wayne. But hey, as a singles competitor, this might be one of the hottest runs he's been. Make him a focal point in your company, like not just as a JCW title opening match and no feuds. Make him have a feud every part, like make him like Cardona. Cardona doesn't just show up for random. He always has a reason he's showing up. He has a story. He has a, something going on. And I think Jordan needs to be, if he, when he comes back from this hiatus, um, as you said, he's going to be, I think the best and uh, the hottest in GCW is going to be face or heel. And I think they need to roll with it. 
and go with it and make him a very much a focal point in the show, like kind of what they're doing with Blake. But even then, it feels like there's no direction with Blake. It feels like there's only direction with Ardona. I don't even know. Like, there's no car. There's no at the moment. It seems like there's no like plan set up, which is fine, I guess, after TOS. But now is the time to kind of start building up towards the New Year's plan and what's going to happen New Year's weekend and stuff like that. I don't see kind of any stories going on at the moment now after or not TOS um what was it homecoming after homecoming weekend I don't or no the art of war game sorry Jesus Christ I'm thinking of all <laughs> these AC places because that's when it seems like these fuse end or start was an AC so um I just want to see more stories kind of going in now like kind of it's a reset let's reset into a new uh, set of stories moving forward so what you're saying here basically is you like long-term storytelling so you'd like for them to jump on the stories now so that when it goes down at the new year mark it's going to make more sense it's going to be it's going to basically it's going to matter more to you you're going to want to watch the show more when there's something worth watching exactly each show yeah. i'm going to okay. get more yeah. invested in as hey, with well, their story is evolving and now let's say i was involved next show and how it involves and sometimes it doesn't involve like evolve and i think that's where i sometimes i do forget about some shit and then they re come back to it three months three weeks later i'm like oh i forgot yeah they were feuding two months ago or whatever so i would just like at this point they did a very good job for all the way up until right now and now i think it's the time like hey we our big stories are done they're kind of doing some cool stuff but i think get back into Finishing the year strong, and uh, especially that New Year's weekend is always a big weekend in GCW as well. I think they should start getting us invested and hyped up for New Year's weekend. No, it's a good point. You're just saying, okay, let's let's get that long term. You know, let's get that window open now and start playing the long game. I get you. I get you 100. percent I also wrote in my post notes here that I really do think both Jordan Oliver and Jordan Cruz really really played their parts well. For what they were supposed to be in that match he was a uh cruz was just a fantastic competitor and oliver was being a very um i don't know he's just being a champion he's just out there defending to the last you know moment speaking of last moment i'm gonna say there are two matches now where jordan just gained the advantage in the last five to ten seconds and the match just ends so that's psychology wise it's just weird it's abrupt and that abrupt ending can sometimes cheapen the match. So usually you remember the ending more than you do the match. This match, I'm going to remember the substance in between because the ending was, like I said, the second time where the ending is very abrupt. And I just, uh, I have no problem with anything. I'm just noticing that this is a thing that's happened twice now. So. I don't know if there's a reason for it or what. Well, I, I found like a reason at the end. Like he, Jordan went to go, Cruz went to go for one of his power moves and Jordan didn't okay. he give him like a mule kick to that bad knee. And then that's what caused Cruz to collapse. And Jordan used that quick collapse second to uh, hit him with the finisher. Like oh, I forgot, yeah, and then he I, I forgot legit what the, yeah. Then he like got him onto the ground and yeah, laid into yeah. it. I think he hit the clout cutter. I could be wrong, but he, I thought he did like a cool, like, Hey, Jordan Cruz had him in a position, but Jordan like, just, Hey, I could tap your knee. And that's what he did. Like it was just like soft knee tap, but boom, it was on the spot. So I thought that part, but that's where I kind of dig into where if I want to, I noticed that part of the finish. And I, I actually but wrote a note. I kind of liked it. Just it made it attention to detail that he's been kind of showing. Good point. Good point. Um, what a fucking opener. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> take it. I'll take it. 
great job by GCW here for, well, you never know what to expect. Usually the opener is crazy and out the, out the gate. And I'm like, okay, we're going to see a fast pace, you know, crush by Oliver. No one expected this kind of a match at, at some smaller shows. That would be a main event, easily a main event on some smaller shows. So I, I would say for sure, unexpected banger. And if it I was going to be a banger, I didn't see it in my head like that at all. I actually thought the quick, the when Jordan hit the Yakuza kick or acid kick, I was like, oh shit, John called it. It's going to be a two second match and boom, done. And then yeah. Jordan kicked out. I'm like, okay. And then Cruz started doing it. I'm like, oh shit, we're going to get the opposite just because we said that. <laughs> and that, now Oliver's going to get squashed in two minutes. But I did, like, why I am shitting on Cruz doing the, the high knee power bump, high knee power bump, like, it fit into what the opening two minutes of the match were. So I don't hate it that much. I just think. Then my eyes, when you ask like, well, how he, what he needs to do to take the step to the next level, I think is just improve the moveset and stuff like that. But uh, he's well on his way there. And this one, oh, yeah. like, as you said, was way better than I expected. You expected and delivered. And that was a great opener. That leads us into our second match of the evening as little Cholo goes against Bobby Flacco. I am all for Bobby Flacco showing up, fighting against the local legends of the area in a two, three minute match and it keeps him on camera. He gets to kind of evolve his character, but it also gives those local talents the two, three minute match to kind of get the pop and get over with the fans like little Cholo did and was able to tell his speech and stuff like that. So if that, and they did that with Bobby Flacco in New York with um, Grim Reefer. So if that's something they continue to do, I am all for it. And I would like to see it because it keeps Bobby Flacco on my TV. And I think and that in this situation right now, he, even though it's a quick, couple minute match i think he could do a lot for his character um in that little bit of time all right so for me this was my first time seeing bobby live is this your first time too or no collective okay okay so came out yeah you were fortunate on that one i still wish i i wish i would have made that collective fantastic innovative offense from him check out his youtube channel if you get a chance he has quite a following i know we were talking about that earlier um yeah, check it out. I wish I had his information on the YouTube channel, but we didn't really plan on plugging anything just for fun either. So um, going fast forward now to Cholo, instant respect from the fans, hometown guy. I was laughing at him spreading out like he's getting searched for weapons by the police. You saw that, right? No, oh, I missed that part. No. Oh, shit. Yeah. If you go and watch the match real quick before it gets started, you know how the ref will always check for weapons and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. He, he turned around, put his hands on his head and spread out like he was getting searched by the police and the crowd fucking loved it. Oh, uh, shit. I gotta watch this. Yeah. One move that I thought was hilarious, uh, not hilarious, but is just impactful. Cholo with an awesome delayed brain buster. Bobby played a solid heel in this match. People were booing as they should, and he gets some heat really well. But again, L.A. love Cholo, hometown hero, a very quick affair at 3 minutes and 50 seconds. Our winner here was Lil Cholo. <laughs> and Oh, you just saw it, huh? Yes. <laughs> I thought I was on mute, my bad. No, you're good. You're good. Okay, so here's what I will say about this. Bobby did a great job of elevating Cholo in this match. Cholo said in just a few days, he'll be celebrating his 25th year of wrestling. Thank you. Cholo breaks out amongst the fans. I agree. Thank you. Cholo. He thanks us back. He said one of his goals were to perform at GCW, which of course gives us GCW chance. And he thanks Lauderdale. And 
Here Comes Violence is Forever. They attack Cholo from behind and beat the stuffing out of poor Cholo. Los Macisos come out to save Cholo, and it looks like we have a run-in to our next match. Sorry, I thought I was totally muted. That. that was funny. His smile, as you said, like he's just yeah, smiling yeah. like, ha, 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 this is funny. It was good. <laughs> I, I totally missed that live. Who was the referee? Uh, uh, Perch, I think. Um, was it Perch laying down the uh, law? Yeah, Perch. Ah, good job, Perch. <laughs> we love funny. Perch. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I uh i enjoy little cholo i'd seen him a couple times on like la fights and shows out there so um i was kind of glad to hear i don't know 25 years that's crazy that he's still mm-hmm. been doing it that long and uh still doing it at a pretty good level right now good enough and i enjoyed for what it, what this match was and getting on the spot but i really liked how it led into the next match where i thought that was a cool thing they did but the i'm pissed about it because it wrote uh robbed me of zombie I was no, I so get looking forward to singing Zombie finally for Violence is Forever Live, but then uh, got that taken away from me. Well, Cholo's lovable. So, I mean, this was this was a really shit move by Violence is Forever. I mean, real heel work. Yeah, I, I, but perfect. I, I enjoyed it. I, I wanted to sing Zombie. I, I was funny on the drive back home, <laughs> uh, on the play, on my wife's playlist, like we used her playlist on the way home and Zombie came on and like she was about ready to fast forward. I'm like, no, 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 we're staying here. I wasn't able to listen to this during Violence is Forever. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Okay. I just want to, I see you getting ready. I'm so sorry. Good. Do you find yourself hearing a song in public and then you look at your wife oh, yeah. and be like, Effie or yep. whatever. Dude. I didn't realize how much I do it and I had to mention it. So if there's any other fans out there, man, I'm with you. Like I'll hear yellow brick road, like at a restaurant and I'll look at my wife and be like, Effie. Yep. She killed, like she hates, she's going to kill me here. Cause like the week going into New York, because mm-hmm. Tony Depp like tweeted out, I better hear, we built this city as loud as possible. I was like, yes, yeah. we better hear that as loud as shit at Hammerstein. So I like was singing it all week long. Like I would just be walking around. <laughs> we built, this city she would get so mad at me but i seem i find myself singing like the songs and stuff like that just randomly walking around the house and then as you said you hear it in public and i start like hey guess who that is and she like can listen to the song and try to guess too all right that will lead us oh good okay i'm good (laughs) the third match which was as uh you said before the tag team title match of los Macisos defending it against violence is forever it delivered. I'm glad I was able to see this live, even though it was kind of like the second match in a short amount of time. And they announced a third match coming up here too, which I'm I'm for. Like if this is going to turn into a kind of a rivalry, I'm for it because these two are great against each other. And violence is forever. I'm loving how they're not scared to obviously get violence and get the tables and chairs and doors. But man, when those two get like in that ring, they turn it to another gear, and it's so fun to see. Like, this is I'm kind of disappointed we haven't gotten them in GCW during all this time that I've been a fan of theirs because they are such an incredible tag team. And I think they I'm glad there's kind of hey, there's one big tag team titles that we have not skit on the, or gotten yet on the independent scene, and that's the GCW titles. So I'm kind of glad that they're gunning forward and looking at it. And this match delivered, and uh I enjoyed the craziness all throughout this match. You know, being front row, I was right there up against Dominic and Kevin. Those are two very tough, very strong men. No shit. Kevin is like way wider than I thought when I see him on TV. Dude, is he's fucking. You can look at him and be like, that son of a bitch is tough. 
didn't Dominic almost like hit you guys with a chair or something like that during the match when he was pulling it out from underneath the ring? Like it looked like maybe he was, like, almost maybe. hit you guys. I was like, holy shit! Like he, I looked like he turned around and was talking to you guys. Like, hey, you better yeah. move. Watch out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it it pulled back. What's going on is I try to be next to my wife during the shows because every now and then some of the guys forget that the table or the doors come way out to come, and a lot of them don't bring them out wide they bring them out long ways so what happens is it comes near so i've just learned to sit near my wife and just put my arm up because it it's been close once or twice so yeah uh green was cool though um i'm gonna well no i'll just talk about it now just for fun the kevin koo spot where that fucking chair came out of the ring and he had to grab it and i'm reflexes, sure he saved man. someone <laughs> fantastic reflexes by him I saw that live and I was like, oh shit, like he just totally saves. Like, I think it was like a woman that was about to get nailed right in the head by that chair. Someone was going to eat shit yeah. and he saved it. All right. So Adam Galt signals the bell and Los Macisos are ready for their first title defense of their fourth uh, tag team title reign. Both are your favorites, B. This is, this is something else because outside of any injuries, I was expecting these two teams to carry a very long feud. They're both I'm just hoping. so, uh, yeah, fingers crossed because um, they're just workhorses, both of them. I, I'm i with you. I'd almost like to see Los Macisos take off a week or two or four just to kind of relax and come back stronger because holy shit, it's like you have two Lego men and some of the parts are loose. And, you know, every now and then you have to put a shoulder back on and every now and then you have to put a foot back on. It's like I almost want him to go home, re-glue, come right back as soon as possible because I love him. And I don't want to see my favorites either getting injured or just working so damn painful that they, you know, they can't handle it. Um, it was two minutes before Macisos took off their awesome Letterman's jackets, which I love. Also, you agree, B, because you're a red fan. That red and black looks freaking awesome, right? Red and black are my colors. Yeah, I love I love those colors when they wear those jackets. I, I was thinking the same thing. Those were cool jackets. Violence is forever, I would also say, I put in my notes, is a true threat for those tag titles. There was a door bridge that had been assembled by Violence is Forever. Kevin Koo did a double foot stomp on Ciclope. Ciclope immediately went down and he wasn't doing well. It was a back issue. Galt then goes down to check out, see what's going on, and then he fell out of the ring. I'm guessing he was talking to Brett through his earpiece, and that's when Scarlet comes out to attend to Ciclope. Good move by Scarlet getting out there as quick as she did. I'm guessing Gorilla went, hey, somebody get the hell out there, find out what's going on with him. Scarlet was right there for that. Um, he's done. He's done for just a little while. He's getting... He's getting trying to think of what to say here he's if he's back he's back but he's trying to get help and answers on what's going on so that doesn't happen again to make sure that he doesn't have um something back there out is the best i can put that he's getting it checked out though i i feel shitty but that's that he's getting he's getting it checked out okay because yeah Here's where live, I mean, me and you, I think we were texting and like, we were kind of like, whoa, that was pretty serious for Ciclope. Yes. I watched it back on TV and good thinking okay. about watching it live. Uh -huh. I don't know. And my perspective, I changed my opinion. I think it was part of the whole thing because he kind of did the over-exaggerated, like the eyes and the mouth, like, ah, 
right, how, right. And, and then how quickly Miedo got there and kind of like tapped him and then called for help real fast. And as the referees went to Ciclope's win, uh-huh. we got the interference from Lil Cholo. So I'm wondering how. Like I, in live, I was scared, but watching it back afterwards, I was like, I don't know. It might have been part of what was going on. So I don't know. I I felt differently afterwards, but live, I was the same with you. I'm like, whoa, shit, not again, Ciclope. Come on, like, right, just right. gotta get a break here. But then watching it live, I wonder. Like, I th- kind of think it might have been a little planned in stage. I don't know. So from there, while Ciclope is getting checked out. Kevin and Dominic grab a hold of Mieto, start working him over. Um, the match isn't going to end as planned is what I figured at this point. You can see there was an audible called out comes Bussy to defend Mieto. The fans popped. Good recovery is what I would say here. Violence is forever arguing with Bussy while Cholo sneaks up from behind and levels Dominic with a Sabu style chair shot. So Cholo finally got his revenge there. Effie hits Kevin and Miedo rolls him up for the win. So the winner here was Los Macisos. Um, okay, you talk to me because because it's kind of good. This is a situation where we kind of disagree, and so fans will hear both sides. So you're thinking it's more of like storyline, like it may have been a work for something later? Not later. I just think for the match, because like even right now I'm looking at he's been sitting in that corner with with uh scarlet for probably a good two minutes and then like okay he's now just like kind of like tapping his back like hey hey my back but he's still sitting in the corner so I'm, if it was a real injury i think it would have they would have taken him out like i mean we've seen it happen to both of those Biedo and Ciclope right away they take him out of the match not just have him sit in the corner so and gotcha. I, just, gotcha. I just think maybe they maybe went to a spot too soon for the injury, but it just seemed like a part of the flow part of the match. We're going back and watching it on TV. Now it's kind of seeing the reactions. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was so, so good. Like whatever, what, if it was planned or not, like if it was planned, I like it, but was it planned? As you said, great audible, great, perfect yeah, timing yeah. on, on the audibles and everything. So I think whatever way it worked out, it worked out perfectly, but I think personally, it might've been a little thing, but other than, I don't know. Cause Miedo just got the three and he crawled right to Ciclope, which is like something that normally wouldn't okay. really happen. So I don't know. So what, what I'm thinking here, what I'm thinking here is I don't know if you've ever had an injured back, but if you're laying on a couch, like up. if someone jumped on your stomach, like there'd be that, ugh, that you'd kind of do that jump that would fuck your back up. I get back spasms all the time. So I know okay, like, okay, my, okay, lower, yeah. my lower middle back throughout the day. Like there's some days like, I have to sit in a chair when I'm teaching. Cause I'm like, it just spat, lock, it locks up on me. And like, I ha- I can't move. Like I got to just sit down or lay down and that's like the best position for me. So yeah, okay, maybe so, that's what happened to him. So, so when he was jumped on what I'm thinking, I don't, what I'm thinking is when he was jumped on, it made him jerk or the motion did something to his back that potentially slipped a disc is what I'm thinking possibly, possibly, is that he slipped a disc. And I think that Ciclope and Miedo both know going in that Ciclope had issues with his back. Oh, we okay, we haven't talked about this. So here's what's up. I talked with Los Macisos um, a little bit before uh, the show got started. And I was talking to him about that bump that he took in, um, I think it was AC or Japan. 
the art of war game ac Ciclope, yes. yeah so i started with my really shitty spanish going okay where did you hit and he showed me the middle of his back his neck and the back of his head he literally touched me in the area so i knew where it was and then i'm like oh and and he goes yeah and i was showing him like how his fingers were and stuff i go i was like showing him i was sweating kind of thing like so i was trying to get him to understand and he's like ccc um so that injury that he had at ac was from that i didn't know anything about the japan shows if there was anything coming out of that i i truly don't know so i can't speak for that however i feel it is either one of two things either that was to get him off to have some rest which i know isn't happening because they're the champs and chances are vif may have taken the title there if ciclope was out out but i feel i'm just just speculating that Miedo knew what was going on Ciclope going in, and if Ciclope needed to kind of tell his brother, hey, something's wrong, here's what's going on, he could motion to him. If you see there's a part, Miedo first, when he first comes in the ring, he only comes in after Ciclope's hands back like this. You'll see this. You can see on the screen, right? And then you see Miedo come in and start to interfere in the match. But when Miedo went down, and, and when Ciclope went down and Miedo looked over at him, he could see something was wrong immediately. Now, like you said, it may be storyline, but what I'm thinking is, is there was a, there was a, there was an, a, there was a jump there when he was stepped on, possibly a slip disc. He went over on his stomach just to help try to keep the pain off of his back. And then after things felt like they were just a little good enough, they started walking him out of there. But when they started walking him out of there, you can see for just a quick moment, he almost went down again. So it's either well sold or there's a little something there. And yeah, you never know. I just want those two boys to take a break, man. <laughs> like it's getting yeah, to a yeah, point yeah. Like, every time I'm there in a match, I'm like, man, like just get out of it smooth and safe. Cause like, I love you guys. I want to see you for a long time. Like they've been busting ass for a year and a half. Yeah. Now. Tayamo, is no, that how you say it? Right. Or no. Right. That's my name. That's my name. <laughs> or isn't that mi nombre? Mi nombre es. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, right. Juan. I was going like, to say, if I ever do just my own little thing, like I was talking about doing like a little preview thing, I was thinking it'd be funny to say I'm Juan Solo. I'm a Star <laughs> Wars fan. So I just, I, I love them. I, I see all this yes. punishment they've been going through. I'm like, just take a break, man. Just come back, do a cool pop. Like, I was really hoping that would be TOS, yes. but like, I think they've definitely earned it. But I mean, they go and go, so I guess I can't complain too much. But I just want my boys to be safe because, yeah, I love I love both teams too. Like, right? I, wanted, I actually wanted Violence is Forever to take the belts off of uh, Jordan and Nick. I thought that would have made perfect sense. Be a new team coming in and their name being Violence is Forever and taking it up to uh, another level against Jordan and Nick. But that's neither here nor there. And I think the, their next matchup with I think it's in what center stage violence is forever against Masisos. Yes. That might be the day that violence is forever finally gets the belt. And I, I want to see what they do with it. I'm actually kind of excited whenever they do get it. So I just wanted to say one last time, great job by everyone involved for stepping up and doing what they need to do when they needed to do it, which was as quick as possible. Please get well soon. Ciclope, who is obviously one half of GCW's greatest tag teams ever. Sheik's music hits and she comes to the ring. And again, we have a seamless move into the next match. Then you see the garbage daddy kids come out to Ratty Daddy's music. 
And we now have another match on our hands. This is very, very fluid we have going yeah. on here. I think that's what I was saying at the beginning. I think just the nonstop, a no dull, low moments is kind of what helped out maybe the crowd as well, just keeping them invested the entire time and not giving them some downtime to, you know, start talking shit to each other and get more right. drinks, like and just enjoy the show because it was nonstop. And I, as a fan, I could always appreciate and enjoy that. Yes. So our fourth matchup is the six-person tag team match of Team Thrussy, Alley Catch, Dark Sheik, and Effie going against the Garbage Daddy Kids, Alec Price, Cole Radrick, and a Bodie Young Prodigy. Love how they came out wearing the different jerseys, but then like he's kind of stuck in his own like syndicate jersey and stuff. Like I don't even know where that jersey <laughs> came from or not for Bodie, but uh, it was a very cool seeing Bodie out there. Man, it's just crazy. He's like. Just a year, year and a half ago, he's traded my son in like the kids' class, and now he's on GCW performing with the, our favorites and stuff like that. It's just incredible to see. It's so cool to see Bodie kind of getting the, getting that rub and getting the experience with GCW. But I think he fit right in with the Garbage Daddy uh, kids. I love the team name. I love those two together. I love how they still evolve with the names. Like I love these tag teams, and uh, I I think this was for me the funnest match of the night. I was smiling this entire match. I enjoyed it. The ring work was good, but I just enjoyed like the comedy spots, the psychology, the story that they told through this match, and Bodie getting his chance to show off his moves and uh, being put in good su- positions to succeed with Cole Radrick and uh, and Alec Price. I I enjoyed it, and yeah, this was my favorite match of the night. I I really enjoyed it and had the most fun during this time. So the reason why we are a little heavy on Bodie, Bodie Young Prodigy, is because he is a Las Vegas local and GCW Plant Podcast. Both of us are from Las Vegas. So we wanted to make sure that we push one of the Las Vegas locals who also happens to be one of the most talented, especially for being as young as he is. So I believe right now the kid is 16. And he's lighting it up and he has a fantastic trajectory ahead of him. And I want to see where he goes. I will say this much before this is my last thing. I'm going to hand this over to you. He and I both know this. One of the first times I seen him, I said, Bodie, we need to get you to GCW. And he's like, well, you know, yeah, it's not my style. He's worried about, you know, oh, You know, a couple months later, Bodie, that's it. I'd love to see you in GCW. Wink, wink. It would be great, man. Come on. And this is the third time we've seen him. But every time I go over, put my hand on his shoulder and I go, hey, look at you. GCW, huh? Looking good. I'm happy to see it. And there's one thing I do want to mention to the fans out there. He does want to get color. He wants to get blood. He does want to get cut. So don't think you're going to have a little clean cut situation here. If and when this kid gets picked up, at least beforehand, enjoy him. That's what we say in Las Vegas also. So just enjoy what you can, because once he starts to get comfortable with his opponents, you're going to see a very, a very competitive wrestler. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Nick Wayne-esque. Well, see, that's that's what I was thinking. Pop in and fill in the Nick Wayne, not as a tag team with Jordan or anything, but I'm just saying, hey, as the young talents are Billy and Billy and Nick Wayne, like our young talents are gone. I mean, there's another great young talent in Bodie. I mean, that's just us knowing him locally. Like, I just imagine how many other 17, 18, 19 year old kids are out there. Um, 
that are willing to be picked up like how Nick Wayne was. And I, I was thinking yes. the same thing. I was like, I wonder how much, like, I wonder if they would feel, start booking Bodie a little bit more on the West Coast on when they're out here and start putting him on these shows and start training him as Nick Wayne to kind of fit in. Because I think he has a very, like, maybe not the the past of a wrestler or whatnot, like how Nick Wayne had, but man, Bodie is so incredibly like talented as a young kid. And like I said, I've seen him with wrestling class and wrestling, local wrestling shows. I've seen what he's could do. that he hasn't even done in the, in like a match yet and all this stuff and how quickly he gets it. He understands. And he's willing to take some crazy bumps. Like there's some bumps he's taking. I'm like, Whoa, for a young kid like that. I don't know how I would feel. If that was my kid taking the bump, but he's, he's willing to go all in with everything. And that's something we obviously respect from him. And I can't wait to see what he kind of does do here in the next couple of months in the independence scene, just in general. So the match hasn't started yet. You can see Effie mouthing. He's a baby. Price is answering. Price is answering. He's not a baby. And then you see Effie kind of yelling into the crowd. He's a child. And that was just fucking hilarious. Cole with fantastic crowd support. As always, we heard ratty daddy chants from the crowd. Effie starts with a kiss on Cole's hand. He's kind of messing with F, uh, with uh, Cole's mind. He then puts Cole in a corner and creates a little sexual tension, we'll call it. Cole seems very alarmed by all this, and he didn't really know how to handle it at first. They tie up, and Cole shockingly dips Effie like a partner would dip his ballroom dancing partner. And now he starts messing with Effie's head. So he then places Effie on his feet and then kisses Effie's hand which is totally Effie. Then Cole falls to his knees like only Effie can do. Cole wants the D, baby. He's licking his fingers. This is killing me what he's doing. Effie eventually gives Cole a huge dick thrust to the face, and that seems to be playtime over in that little moment. You're dying, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. uh, some of those comments, uh, (laughs) that was funny. Yeah, yeah. You can always tell what time I'm writing by how loose the comments get. Allie was getting some solid cheers. Alec was messing with her also saying she can't fight a man. Alec then wants a kiss and gets a headlock instead. Alec was then basically playing a lot of Allie's tricks. Allie then sends Alec out of the ring. Allie, Alec, Alec, Alec. That's fun to say. Bodie was then in plenty of Arab drags in his offense tonight. We had Bodie chance up against Sheik chance in LA, which is very interesting as Sheik is a very heavy favorite in LA. My crew was doing everything we could to represent our boy, BYP. One of the guys in my group yet out, he's just a boy, which is one of my favorite chants in Las Vegas that we always like to like to yell. Oh, it's not a chant, but we like to yell it out. It's one of our fun ones. But he got his clock cleaned by um, Sheik with a kick to the head at one point there. And I'm giving it up to Dave Prezak for making an earthquake slash Golga reference on one of Effie's moves. Okay, you're shaking your head. You heard that too, right? Yeah, I heard. The, I didn't hear the Golga one. I heard the earthquake reference, and I, I was like enjoying uh, enjoying that because yeah, Effie kind of looked just like that when he did the the, the yeah. or the the squash on it. Cole got a spanking by Effie for being a bad boy in this match. <laughs> the, <laughs> the last five minutes had no screwing around at all. There were no tag rules. Bodies were everywhere. The crowd popped on Bodie's 450. Thrussy were expelling bodies from the ring. Alec flew our way. Cole went across the ring somewhere on the floor. Basically, Bodie got ganged up on for three. Our winners here were Thrussy, 
I would say this whole thing was well done, given the Cyclope situation. After everyone left the ring and went backstage, I considered that the craziness of all three of those matches were over. It was like one big saga. The recovery gave us some next level chain booking is what it pretty much looked like. It was blended like into one large story. It was like one smear would be the best way to put it. Like we had multiple colors across, you know, like one big smear, but I was satisfied with everything. And I think they handled it with fantastic professionalism. Assuming it's not a story, right? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> I guess I don't. It, it could be either way. Like, I'm not going to sit there and act like I know he's not hurt or whatnot or, or like, say, I'm just noticed. Like, I know live I thought that, but then I changed my mind watching it. Um, I enjoyed this part with Effie and Cole because the last time Cole and Effie kind of had a one-on-one match and I looked at That's what I was trying to first search. I'm like, man, I know this happened, but I just can't remember how long or when. But when they had a match, it was at the Indiana, in Indiana. Um. They had a one-on-one match, and the entire kind of uh, how the match was laid out during that match was Cole was trying to do the mind tricks on Effie, and Effie's like, fuck out of here. Like, no, this is mine. It ain't working. Yeah. And flash forward to now and kind of seeing it working, and then how it progressed. I enjoyed it because I even, like, when he kind of dipped Effie, I'm like, oh, Effie's going to fuck him up. And I started thinking back, <laughs> I'm like, I know they did something similar, and, uh, and it t- came out the opposite way. So I enjoyed seeing the progression of Effie and Cole's quote-unquote romance or whatever in-ring romance over the over these times kind of get together but i i love this match it was fun i was smiling this entire match the the spanking of cole the effie not wanting to get in the ring and do anything of those kind of spots with Bodie, i thought was very fun and mm-hmm. interesting uh the in-ring was fun alley catch whenever she turns it on effie made a great point here uh i don't know if he tweeted it or videoed it or said it on his podcast or something but he's like hey those of you that have been asking for singles, Effie, you're going to regret that because you're going to realize Allie held me back and held me from doing back from some of the shit I want to do. And yeah. I, I don't know. Allie's been killing it here. I like how Effie's been kind of <laughs> giving credit to Allie as reining him in. But um, this was a fun match, and Dark Sheik had a, a cool, very couple cool moments with Bodie during the match. I loved how the crowd, like, yeah, when Bodie got tagged in and, and Dark Sheik got tagged in, how the crowd totally went nuts for Sheik. Right. Uh, yeah, I loved, I loved it. This was fun. But to me, honestly, I'm just going to skip ahead. That was my match of the night. I loved yeah. every bit of it. It was fun. And um, the Garbage Daddy kids need to kind of be a team or kind of move forward. I, I'm liking it. I'm liking the team of Cole and Alec. And you can kind of tell their chemistry. They're having fun yeah. with it. They're getting into it. They're yes. enjoying themselves. And that's fun to see. Like, I always say that that's another example of why I want to see them kind of continue as a tag team. You can see there's effort there. They have effort put into the entrance. and You know, they trade jerseys sometimes and things like that. Uh, I think that's always going to be a good look. But, yeah, I didn't talk about Allie as much, but I can tell you live, she has a fantastic pop with the crowd. And I love hearing that. Um, Where do you yeah, think they're going to go with violence is forever? I'm kind of liking how every I think they're gonna be, team is against them. Like I they're really the do, anti-GCW. I... I think they're going to take, well, given all situation, uh, given all situations being, you know, all teams being equal, I think they're going to take over Los Macisos spot for a small amount of time. I don't know how long, but it might just be for them to go home and be with family for a month or two, or maybe handle their wrestling business or whatever it is that they have to do. Possibly if someone needs to get surgery, they're a package deal. 
no lie oh, yeah. you, you can you can see like i said they're tethered you will never see them backstage outside of about eight to 12 feet of each other i mean like 90 percent of the time so uh yeah i'm with you i love them so much i just want to see them get well so they can do more but um i cannot name a team that gets much tougher than those two they're just they're go 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 so i don't know i, I, don't I was know. thinking i could see violence is forever kind of being hired hitman with uh charles masons if he decides to oh, kind of grow shit. out his kind of thing i i don't know it's always great idea like a stable you kind of have to have a tag team a one person that's chasing after this belt one right, person that's right. chasing after that belt then you got like the main leader kind of thing so i don't know i just kind of go there with mason i i could see them kind of him hiring them to be like his mercenaries because they would fit in perfectly i think with his if they kind of had a group with Pero and stuff like that but i, I was never thought thing, of that a fun thing a fun story i was kind of planning in my head with violence is forever because i want to see stories and i want to that's the story i would kind of do with them um i would say right now we can't have too much dreary in gcw only because we would have heel tag team champions we'd have a heel gcw champion i uh, where's our ultra violent or what I mean, extreme so, <laughs> extreme extreme <laughs> no kidding i'm gonna respectfully same shit get it off of there it's time to get a fucking scramble title or some a lucha title give me do something with it man if it can be in a if it can be lost then it's probably not as important as it should be and those belts are expensive so is a I new just, plate but switch just, the plates and let's do something exactly new cut, cut off the word extreme put scramble be done with it like that felt so cool like i think it was cole <laughs> cole or joey posted a video when they went against each other in ac and like cole was the extreme champion and i think joey yeah. was the ultra violent champion yeah and they both were holding the belts up i'm like i fucking miss that extreme belt man it looks so cool that made mm -hmm. me so happy when pco brought it back man it was yes just, and then seeing it defended week in week out it was it was cool I, I i agree i wanted that belt back somehow some way yeah and fingers crossed we'll see what happens with it but we do have one title just kind of sitting out there and i'd like to see if maybe something gets done with it i really yeah. thought when i really thought when the jc title before that one the jcw title was being announced i thought that maybe that was going to be our scramble belt only because if most fans had a wish list, it probably wasn't a JCW belt. It was probably a scramble belt. It's been asked so many yes. times on the damn thing. And like, I know I asked like once and then I waited because he kind of gave like a, not a shitty answer, but like, hey, I'm tired of answering this, guys. It's impossible to do a scramble and an independent scene and have them do that. And then right. I asked it again later on when it, he's kind of teased of that belt. I said, hey, you kind of teased a new belt. Would that be a scramble belt? And it's kind of got the same answer of except of, right. hey, it would pigeonhole the wrestlers into that kind of the title like a scramble right. kind of wrestler only and i'm like oh but I, so I i'm gonna cornet you. i'm gonna cornet you know what i'm gonna say that's a booking issue that's a yep, booking issue here's what going I've here's what that. goes on every scramble that title gets fucking defended all right if the guy don't show up there next week well guess what he's not defending that title he lost that title if he wants the fucking title back when he does show up he can get in the scramble and then he can win it again it works like that. We can get to a point to where we start tallying how many fucking champions there are, how many weeks they hold it. It could be fun if we have a guy who's six to seven weeks in. Holy shit, are we going to cheer him? Are we going to boo him? Like, what if it's a heel? What if it's a face who's running the fucking scramble for like six weeks? Hey, we don't want to pigeonhole him. You know who pigeonholes wrestlers? Booking. 
So what you want to do is you want to get the booking in order because it's a booking issue if you pigeonhole anyone. Creativity digs anyone out of a hole. So I'm just saying right now, if you put Gringo in a scramble and he won, I don't know how many scrambles, you wouldn't keep him there. You'd elevate him to the next level. And there are other companies. That's what belts are for. (laughs) Correct. Yes. Correct. So there are other companies. There's one I cannot tell you off the top of my head. If you win three or four scrambles in a row, I think it's four. You get an automatic fucking shot at the general at the championship. What? Well, that's that's. I mean, if you pigeonhole a motherfucker, it's because you chose to. I can unpigeonhole anybody and call me. I can unpigeonhole anyone in no time. There are creative ways to do anything. And that's just lazy. Like I, I thought that was a lazy answer. I'm like, okay, hold on. So, so you're tag team champions. So they can never wrestle yeah. in singles. But why is Jordan wrestling in a singles match? Then explain that. Like that's that's how I mean. It was a lazy answer. And like as you said, lazy booking. Like I've seen House of Glory do it, and they do it awesome. I would like to see that brand in GCW. And I think it would be fucking a million times more awesome based of our talent and our where we go across the world and every this the across the united states not stuck in the the melrose ballroom with house of glory but they're doing it so cool there i just think gcw could elevate that idea to gcw's level of independent wrestling and have that as a very cool innovative title in in gcw wrestling and i want to be fair belts are expensive having a belt maybe or keep the extreme I've exactly. Always said that since that came back, and we got to, we I, we've always discussed like what's the difference between extreme and ultraviolet. There's not really any differentiation between it. Exactly. But if we if can't eliminate a title, fans, now we know. <laughs> no, no, no. It makes sense. Yeah. If we can't, casual fans can't. Yeah. It's so, it's too difficult. We're we're putting. I mean, we're putting like beans on beans. It's <laughs> you know what I mean. It's yeah. It's just, I love that scramble yeah. idea too, and I I'm glad. At least we get it like in House of Glory. But I love, like you said, you like that idea. Of, and I like it too. I always forget that that's part of it. I just want the championship in a scramble, like the scramble championship. But you brought up the great point. Like that's what makes this fun more fun. You defend it three, I think it was three times in a row. Yeah. Boom. Now you get to go into like, a, as you said, these belts are made to elevate wrestlers. Like yep. you go from, hey, a brand new two wrestlers learning. Start off as a tag team. Oh, hey, now we, we get the flow. We get the psychology of wrestling. going to singles. Now we go into the intercontinental, the whatever. Like, you build up. like, And then yep. if you lose at the world title, guess what? You've been a world title. You could go back to that scene anytime you want. You've been in the intercontinental title. Now you got a big main event name that could be defending one of your mid-card titles and to elevate that title. There's so much you could do with titles. And I I I just think this is one of them and uh, that's what they should be doing especially with these wrestlers we see them like build up cole and you built up cole to be the extreme title and you put belt the belt on him at a perfect timing he was on fire but then i'm seeing like all these other wrestlers kind of oh like mischance oh they should do something mischance like i think the belt the scramble would add a lot more meaning to the scramble matches and i love like i thought that's what they were going the all-star scramble that was really my thing once they got rid of vikingo and i think alex zane or someone else and they kind of lost some star power that all-star scramble i really was hoping and praying and banking on like because they seem like they're making that a scramble a big a big part of night two and they even i think they even announced it as the all-star scramble so yes it um, was yeah there could there's there's seen there's a there's a want out there from fans and i as you agree i, I as you said i kind of hope they listen to the fans and they listen like hey what's going on with that extreme belt and do something but hey it takes time and i, I just uh enjoying everything but hoping for a little bit more from the scramble situations 
I don't, I just, I don't want to sound too rough. It just, it makes common sense. If you say, look, that pigeonholes someone, tell me how you do that. Because you're actually making a decision every show to do that. So we're talking about, hey, dig them out every three, four wins, dig them out. But here's the thing. Alex Zane was a great example. He's not just a scramble guy. He's all over the card. Fantastic yep. matches against Deppin. I mean, things like this need to not be ignored. And I just want to say that's something I do want to see. And like I said, the way to do it would be put it on a major show, have an all-star elimination scramble. Uh, not an all-star. I mean, everything could be all, but an elimination scramble. Put, let's just say, six, seven, eight men in a ring, and we just go at it and elimination, elimination, one at a time. And that, oh, how can that happen? Here's how it happens. Sometimes there's going to be two people fighting on one side of the ring while there's action going everywhere else going on. And blindly, someone gets pinned because the other guys just don't see it. These things do happen. And again, <laughs> booking. It's booking. Okay, I got a great idea. Let's not even do a scramble title. Let's do a 24-7 title. You got somebody like Joey, social creativity, media social media, lose that fucking title every day if you have to. I got a good one for you. Do you like fucking, uh, I don't know who, give me, give me a name from an old school, G, uh, like an old school fucking uh, Nate Hatred. Fine. No, not Nate Hatred. Let's go with Wife Beater. You know, you bring Wife Beater in for one night to GCW and you hand him the fucking 24-7. Someone goes, hey, Joey, how you doing? He fucking decks Joey. Wife beaters our champion for one night. I mean, these are spotlight things. The, these are highlights. Like imagine a scramble where there's a championship and for one night, Bodie takes it and he fucking raises it over his head. Oh, and if you know he's going to be with the company for two years, make him win three in a row and get dusted by the champion. That's cool. But I mean, this is what you use that for. But a 24-7 champion, I mean, could you imagine just seeing a video from Blake Christian where every, he's junk in the fucking hallway and he just pinned Jimmy fucking Lloyd? Like every Connors was it for me. So now that I hit that he said he's coming back to the States for a little bit. Yeah. Like he's like the, one of those wrestlers that uses social media perfectly that could fit right. I, I always like with those titles, like I think social media, I'm like, but you said there's like there's so many cool things they could do, like creative cardona sleeping and hey steph delander sleeping on top of him on accident and yep. put, hey, the, put the arm put over the her. arm exactly like there's there's and so a ref many and a ref things. somehow magically appears out of nowhere like that would be funny too if and there's always a ref you put, put a put fucking on, shirt like, on him yes put it put a you got somebody filming with you cardona like i mean i don't think it's him filming all the time i'm pretty sure he has a person with him or somebody yeah whenever they do these things like have like yeah have an dude someone's asleep someone's asleep in the back of the car someone could film themselves just putting their hand on his fucking knee and a referee goes one two three and takes the fucking title i mean there's so much play that can have here and that would be really fucking cheap to do too just it goes here it goes there <laughs> at the merch table too like at the fucking like, merch table it can go down there's that belt that ddt iron man super heavy whatever that title that, that crazy title yeah. that's offended yeah. all the time i was at comic-con at like this guy's wrestling booth headlock comics mike kingston i used to go to his stuff all the time he does like a cool wrestling book but he always had wrestlers over there and he yeah. had the person i forgot who it was at the time to be honest with you because i wasn't into independent wrestling i was just into the wwe at that point but like they had that belt and like the comic book writer won it for like two seconds. And then like they did something cool two seconds later and someone else won the belt. But it was just like a cool thing. Like they could be vid video, put GCW on it and boom on social media. And they could do like cool, create their own little 
viral moments if they want to yes. in that regard. You can turn know. it into a, a daily spotlight. GPW, yeah. one of the GPW, one of the GoPro guys gets it. I want to see it at the merch Lauderdale table. That'd be funny. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, like, dude, one of Lauderdale's kids gets it. The little baby, he gets it. You know, and then like Lauderdale pulls him over on the ground, covers him one, two, three. Now Lauderdale's the champ. Like, you can be really creative with these things. Yeah. But again, belts cost money. Imagination is free. So I do want to say that I think the casual fan could dig us booking wise out of a scramble. Uh, a scramble person pigeonhole, yeah. pigeonholed absolutely all right we rambled off there i think we got a lot heavy, of purchase. heavy heavy talk <laughs> all right well let's get into some assholeness here then our fifth matchup of the evening is our asshole tony deppin versus jack cartwheel um i won't say his name unless you you want to say it but the other person in your party whenever uh tony deppin's music hit and then uh <laughs> Tony Dippin came out. He put he hid the hat, and I thought that Dude. was hysterical watching from up here. And you just see like <laughs> three other people like, hey, hey, hat, hat, put your hats away, put your hats away. I oh, love seeing that. It was fun. It was funny seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I always make sure that my crew knows because we don't want to, you know, have to go search for our hat. But yeah, our crew knows. I try to make sure I'm like, put your fuck, take your fucking hat off now. Like, just take it off. Why? I'm like, watch. And then all of a sudden, why, you know, you hear the music and all of a sudden you see a fucking hat fly across the ring. And I'm always like, see that? So they've learned now, but every now and then they forget. And I'm like, okay, talk it, get it, get rid of it now. It's it's going to fly. <laughs> he always done uh, just one, funny. though. I want to see him do two in a match. I've seen him do like a couple, like he just gone down like the row and just grab yeah. hats and fling him. <laughs> um, I don't know. Remember if I said who he was wrestling against. It is Tony Deppin, though, against Jack Cartwheel. Um, good match. Really good change of pace, normal one-on-one -on -one match, but I enjoyed it. I have one little thing I'll probably say at the end here, and you might even have it in your notes or agree with, but okay. um, we talked about it similar with another wrestler, and I think it's becoming a problem with uh, a certain uh -oh. wrestler in this match as well. Not a, a problem. problem. Just like I want to see variation. That's all. Okay, but, okay. Uh, you interested. This was a good match. Okay. Um, now you got me thinking. I'm like, hmm. You'll get it. At, I'll tell you at the end. You probably might have it in your notes. I didn't scroll down. Okay, so I'm going to let me breathe for three seconds after I say this. Ready? Jack is a big star. I just had to say that, and I just wanted to make sure that wasn't three seconds, but I can't count. Where in the holy shit? Is that you, Jesus? <laughs> Cartwheel Jesus. If that was Cartwheel Jesus. Um, <laughs> was that the fan thing that you have? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I agree. I think he just seeing what he's doing in Mexico too. He got over Mexico, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Scene. So I'll just kind of reiterate what I said earlier. Um, fans love hating him and they still love him at the same time. If you, if you have a chance to meet Depp and it's like, you're going to cheer him on. I don't give a shit who it is. So you, you have to play into his heel character almost. He's just, he's grounded, well-spoken, intelligent. Just like I said, a normal guy. He's a family man. So I'm not going to say anything bad against that whatsoever. I'm in his boat. The match pacing was incredible. Tony, as I said before, should have no doubt in his mind if he is back or not. He's 100% back, and this match was proof. I had realized also that wrestling cartwheel is a workout. <laughs> that's, that's something I'd realized when I started really going back to the review. I'm like, holy shit, that kid's moving so much. There's a crazy spot where Jack had front flipped out of an ace crusher something i've never seen before 
And then I kind of like that asshole. I like Dirty Deppin. Dirty Deppin shows himself when he pushes the referee into the ropes to knock Jack off the corner turnbuckle. Jack still ended up recovering, and our winner here was Jack Cartwheel. 14 minutes and 57 seconds. Thank you for letting that match breathe. Yeah, I'm glad to it. I agree with you. Tony's back 100%. I think I might have said that last podcast, but every time we see him, he's very much there. Um, I think this was a good match for Jack. I, I agree with you. He did a lot of cool like counters. I think, I think that's where his uh, creativity with the cartwheels comes into play, and I love seeing like the creative of to get out of moves or into moves like he does a cool like i think he does a cartwheel into oh no he does like the pile driver then he cartwheels with the wrestler like he does a couple cartwheels into a cartwheel like pile driver or power bomb i enjoy watching and i i love this match i think this was a good uh victory for jack i think he very much needed it i was kind of surprised that tony deppin with the last couple victories i thought for sure maybe he'd get another win but seeing jack pick up the victory was awesome and um there was something I was going to mention, but I totally. Oh, okay. So what I was, what you didn't have in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have one thing I didn't mention that when he was falling down, he did a cartwheel. He did a cartwheel where he was falling down live. It was hilarious. Who Maybe did he? Uh, Jack. Oh yeah. Jack, you know, cause he does so many cartwheels. So Deppin hit him while he's standing straight up and down. And you see, uh, yeah, cartwheel standing straight up and down and Deppin pops cartwheel in the face and you see him kind of do a little oh, bit yeah, of a cartwheel yeah. and then fall down. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, my one thing here, even though it didn't come up too much, but it's going for it. The low blows, man. <laughs> Between Blake Christian okay, and the okay. low blows, Tony Deppin with the constant ref bumps. I, I get the heel work. I get it. And I get there's only so many things they could do as a heel. I know we've talked about it before. I'm the Blake stuff's getting repetitive, but I felt like with Tony Depp and in the referee a little bit, I'm like, oh, like there's just gotta be something like a splash of water to the face or I don't know. Like I just was watching that match. I'm like, I just want to see a little bit more creativity to from Tony Depp and to get a little bit more, but he does a lot, but I just think lately and he's just getting back as coming back into the flow and everything. I just want to see a little bit more creativity from the heel work from the heels, getting some heel work and a uh, be sneaky behind the referee's back. Hmm. I don't know. That's just no, what no, I, no, I got you. noticing a little bit. Uh, it's not as exciting, but my notes say a ton of false finishes, which is my style. Oh, sure. Okay. And it was fun. No, 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 no. I'll just close it up there. <laughs> it was just, I wanted to hear what you had to say about that because I do I like find it interesting what you're saying. So, um, yeah, these guys were testing each other's capabilities in the match, but what you're talking about is very interesting. I don't have an answer except for, you know, choose some different finishes, but. I think that's normally coordinated anyway, because you can't yeah. have two nut shots on match four and then match five or six. So agree. What you're saying is variety. Um, that's all. I, I don't have an answer just for that. So anyway. Once I notice, I one little thing I noticed, like with the Tony Depp, I'm like, ah, oh. like I mean, he does do it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just nitpicking here, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know. No, it's okay. I mean, that's. It's a good point, though. What you're saying is, is okay, we've seen you stomp on feet four times in a row. It's time to now maybe stomp on their knees. Just change it up a little is what you're saying. I get it. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Uh, our next matchup of the evening is Sawyer Wreck going against Jimmy Lloyd. 
man, Sawyer's over everywhere. <laughs> everywhere she goes, she's good. Got a really big pop, yeah, in this match, uh, which I'm glad to. I'm glad she sees it getting over, but I think she kind of overshadowed Jimmy. I was kind of disappointed in the reaction Jimmy got. I was expecting a little bit more uh, of a more crowd reaction to it, but this was a good match. Got to see some doors and chairs during this match. I was hoping this would be the blood on blood on the hills but still haven't seen any blood on the hills that night and uh it was a good extreme match but not too violent as i was kind of hoping for and expecting this night i would say if you have the word blood in your name and you don't use blood might want to change your name just to be fair um nothing mean just i mean if i have a show called hot dogs and handshakes and i'm serving burgers I probably should have called it burgers and handshakes. So this was a meeting of two of GCW's fan favorites. Totally a face fight. The bell rings. Jimmy immediately goes outside digging for chairs and he found several. The next, the bulk of this match basically was a lot of chair related offense. There was a door bridge built by Jimmy. There was a chair that was propped up in a corner and then the door propped up in another corner. Uh, Jimmy had Sawyer on his back and Finley rolled them both onto the door bridge on the floor that looked absolutely painful. Sawyer bashes a door into Jimmy's head multiple times, which was a nasty spot. Jimmy dropped a chunk of door laid on top of some chairs and somehow Sawyer Rex still won this. So my only match at the end of this here was uh, my only, uh, sorry, I feel like maybe I should start drinking. My, <laughs> maybe my vocals will be a little better. Um, this was deathmatch light, I think is the best way to put this too, too light in my opinion, just because of blood on the Hills. Like that was my thing. Like my wife even asked too, like, why are they going to, why are they repeating the same names? Like, especially for like this one, like when there was no blood, like rename it. Okay, if you're okay. not going to have blood okay. on the Hills. Okay. So they had to live and die in Japan or whatever, right? Yeah. Tupac's from LA. They could have had to live and die in LA. Uh-uh. And right? on blood on the hills and the Tokyo Hills. Like they the could have had, yeah, blood on blood on the fucking amazing, amazing blood on the hall. Like there we go. I feel oh better now, God. though. We came up with the solution. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think that's, uh, I, I don't know. That's all I really had to say. It was just death match light. Our next match of GCW Blood on the Hills 2 is for the GCW World Title match and is Blake Christian defending against Paul London. I was mixed coming into this match. I was excited when it was first announced. Then one of my friends who kind of doesn't watch GCW, but he knows like how much we're into it, and he follows us and he's on the he knows of the podcast and he knows of gcw he's an old wrestling fan so he really loves paul london but he listens to paul london on like i think it's the renee dupree podcast i think he was on okay. um and paul kind of was a little shitty on gcw he does calls us like the he doesn't like the death matches he kind of kind of seemed like he highball or not highballed this but like kind of uh looked down on us a little bit for doing the death matches and kind of the stuff we did so once i heard like he kind of Showed that to me, and I was like, oh, man, fuck Paul London. And so I came into this match absolutely against Paul London and hating everything and going against him. And when he came out with the singing, I was like, I think I pointed to him, like, oh, is this another way he's shitting on us with this whole, like, coming out? Right, right. But my friend told me, because I told, 
took video of it and I sent it to him and he goes, Hey, that's cool. It's Paul London. And I go, does he always do this shit? Or is he doing this to make fun of GCW? He goes, no, that's like his new gimmick. He does come out and sing on the independent scenes as Elvis. So I was like, okay, Paul London's not shitting on us yet. But then during the match, when he sat there and took the trash cans and swung them over his head and hit Blake with it and got the trash like on the fans and shit, I thought that was disrespectful as fans. Like, come on, like, don't get garbage <laughs> on the fans like that. I thought that was another way he was trying to be disrespectful. So I, and I loved the promo that Blake cut on him at the beginning. I, I was like, fucking tell him, Blake, because he was saying like everything I was saying in my head too, going anti-Paul London in this match. But by the end of the match, I do have to say, Paul London won me over. He could still go. He still got it. This was a fun match and totally different match that I expected from him in a GCW ring. Um, I, I have to say, I take back my words, Paul London. I, I, I really loved him too when he was a tag team with Kendrick. Um, so it kind of was a little bittersweet rooting against, against him at the beginning, but he ultimately won me over. And this was a fun match. It was... I think it was good for Blake. It does did show another uh, classic person or veteran he had to go against, but um, I still want to see this damn, especially with the main of, and I'll go over this later. We were just talking about before and like another show. Why is this not the main event of the show? I get what the, I know. Brett's going to say it's Lucha. It's LA. Like Lucha is LA. Put it on semi main event. Then give it the spotlight. Then like the main event should be defended <laughs> And this, especially with this, these four, I think in the main event, I think it, Blake should have been there instead. But ultimately, all a uh, good match and better than I expected going into it. So I'm going to ask you: Did the stuff you hear from Paul London happen before he was signed to GCW, or was this heel work he may have been doing after he signed something with GCW? I'll be honest, I don't remember. I, I don't know at all. Like, I, I don't think my friend told me when these comments were made. I think he just said it was made in general. Um, I don't know if it was after he signed or before. I found out after he was announced. So maybe that maybe it was before my friend just told me, hey, he said about this one thing. So um, I don't know. And then what it is, like you said, like as you said, it's here working. Hey, we've had people not like GCW, but still come work for us and put on a fucking show like and do good work like i bet you cardona did never expect it to stay in gcw I, I expected he probably came in for that one big payday well i mean other than him once again winning the title maybe two shows but not more than mm -hmm. who knows and i could see him talking about gcw beforehand like how he did just like how paul london did so maybe it was just to kind of get heel heat on him not knowing if Blake christian's a heel or face uh, representing the company so maybe he was just trying to do some heel work there yeah, I just, I i don't know. I figured I'd ask that because, you know, it could be deep down feelings or it could be, you know, but... A worker, yeah. But I would say, though, that if it was it deep down bullshit, they wouldn't be working together. True. You know, or let's be honest. I always, like, I, I went in thinking, oh, he just wants the paycheck. And I'll be honest, I thought that with Cardona back then. I thought, hey, Cardona wants the GCW rub, but even... That wasn't the rub then as much as he made it, I think. I think he made it a place to go get a rub for some of these veterans like Paul London and stuff. And I I get defensive. Like, I could see a Paul London coming in just to collect a big paycheck. And get, like, I kind of felt like that with the Sandman appearance, like when he showed up and didn't even take a bump. Like, he just showed up and sat in the ring for 10 minutes and then 
Yeah. Like to the check. Like I just feel defensive when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I with hearing that, that's what I felt at uh going into this match. But like I said, it got me invested more in than I was going into it. And like I said, that was probably the map match. I was like hyped. I was like talking my shit then. I was fucking cheering on Blake, booing Paul, and like clapping on the promo and saying, fucking preach, brother, and stuff like that. So ultimately, whatever the promo whether it be a working promo or in jest, it, it worked for me. It got me invested in it. Okay, non-GCW related. I just want to make a sidebar real quick on Paul London. I want to say that him and uh, Brian Kendrick were never given the chances at WWE that I think they should have gotten. Just just wanted to make that quick little statement real quick. I, I don't know what you want to say. Tag team. I mean, they got the tag yeah. team run. They had a good, like, a good year run, I would say. No, now, not enough. Now, now, could they have done more? And would have I, same thing, I wouldn't want to see more? Absolutely, especially the tag scene at that time. Like, and them being so different of a tag team as being high flyers and fast-paced wrestlers and, and great technical wrestlers. That was the one thing I think was slept on with them. They were like the Motor City Machine Guns before or during the Motor City Machine Guns, except a little bit maybe more high-flying, and I loved them as a tag team. But, yeah, I would have liked to see them wrestle against some more of the bigger-name tag teams on the Raw side back then because it was brand split. I loved them. That's why I was, I was excited for Paul London. Then I kind of soured when I uh, was told about the comments, but then I got happy at the end. It's the uh, ebbs and flows of wrestling. <laughs> I... <laughs> I had no idea that he was going to come out like that. Neither did I. I, I thought I it was a didn't joke. Know it. I thought that was him. Like, fuck you guys. I'm taking a three-minute entrance here, four-minute entrance, just to shit on you guys. Like, that's where I thought, <laughs> like, I, that's where my head was going with this whole stuff going into it. I'm like, this guy's just shitting on us and finding any ways to fucking just demean GCW. So I was all, I was like the only one, I think, behind, behind Blake going through this match. You were you were catching feelings on this one, huh? I was, I was, and it felt fun though. Like I said, I, I was like cheering. I was like, "Fuck you, Paul!" Like I was like the only one going against Paul London, and the only one cheering for Blake. And that never happens if you heard the podcast of how much I've talked to Blake and stuff. But I just loved when he flipped me off too. <laughs> um, Blake was being incredibly disrespectful to Paul during the beginning of this. He said he's disappointed he doesn't get to wrestle the real Paul London. Um, he says he's old and washed up. Uh, I thought agree. that was a, yeah, that was a great, uh, that was great. Uh, you know, just mic work in the beginning there. I did like how Paul London broke up that whole speech with a nice slap to the, uh, to the face there. So, and um, I, I, I tweeted out, I said, that's the best Blake Christian promo ever during this run. <laughs> that, that's, that shows you how invested I was in up in my feelings during this match. Listen to you. That's good. Um, I was laughing at London hitting Blake with the trash that you'd mentioned, I noticed he, he'd emptied multiple cans. I think he maybe should have charged for that kind of work. Both blags, uh, both blags, both blags. I said it again, just fucking around. Both bags blew up over Blake's head and back. That's a fucking that's some tongue more twister. Bees. That's some more bees there. Buddy. <laughs> wow. And um, I'm sure you saw, but even um, Brett Lauderdale came out from his spot and went down and uh, he was ringside for that one there. Yeah, now the microphone. But the walkie-talkie. Oh, yeah. See, if he's coming down, the walkie-talkie is going to be part of it, too. Um, what was going on here, I couldn't tell you, only because I was, you know, dead-eye even with everyone, so I couldn't see through people to the action, but you were elevated. Can you kind of fill in some holes there, what was really going on back there? Because I 
it was chaos. I couldn't see either, to be honest with you, because everyone okay. was standing. Like they were, you're talking about like by the merch table, but right in the middle, like right in front of the hard yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't see nothing. I, I okay, okay. couldn't see anything. I was watching the wave. Literally, what caught my eyes? I saw two trash bags flying, fucking <laughs> spinning over Paul London's head, and that's when I was like, "Oh, the action's over there." So uh, yeah, I didn't see any action. What happened? So I was thinking yeah. maybe Brett was over there just because the action was in the crowd, and with Paul London, maybe he's like, "Hey, watch it." Just say, like, like I said, I'm going into my mind. We're Paul London hates us crowd, so he probably might have asked Brett, hey, watch it, make sure no funny shit happens, but I'm going out there and doing a, a move or spot out there, mm-hmm. but maybe he was just out there for safety, but it is like, it does, like, business picked up, Brett's walking out there, like, how when he walked out there during the Gringo match during the collective, like, oh, some shit's going to be happening during this match. Oh, yeah. So, I thought maybe he was coming out there just to make sure no one was accidentally hit with a bottle or a can coming from the trash. That's another thing I didn't like yeah. about Paul doing that just because not even just the trash flying around, but bottles possibly in people. Yeah, it was. But I mean, I want to be fair. Stuff like that kind of should happen at our shows. Let's let's be fair. That's the that's the rawness that should happen, because I mean, if it's not going to happen here, where is it going to happen? And it looks fucking cool. You know what I mean? And yeah, it is kind of shitty to get hit with something, but it's, it's pretty it, cool. If SGC did the spot, I wouldn't give two fucks. I think I, I see what you're saying. All London because of the trash and the trash fans and shit. Wow. Um. Oh. Um. Gulp. He was refing the match outside, and he was. You could see him like picking up cans, trying to clean up the area for safety reasons, and then trying to ref at the same time. Then here comes Perch. You saw him out there helping with some duties. He was keeping people in their specific areas and just kind of under control. It was good stuff. Um, again, at the drop of the dime, that little bit of forethought and um, training really does come in handy when necessary. Okay, back to the match. This is kind of what commentary said, and I kind of, you know, but they said it was a generational matchup between two men with similar abilities, but between two different eras. And I wanted to kind of take that and write that out for a minute because I thought that it was really well said. This is awesome. Chants are coming from the crowd and they earned it. Lake delivers that curb stomp and covers for three after 15 and a half minutes. Our winner and um, fuck him. Blake Christian. No, 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 no. I can't actually say that, but you know, he's a heel. So uh, this is a very full match. We had a solid veteran out there. We had a GCW champion with the championship on the line. We had an opening sing-along, a pre-match shit-talking place, uh, a, a place, a shit-match. Uh, dude, wow, what time is it? 9 p.m.? Nine. Wow, I shouldn't be like that already. Uh, pre-match shit-talking, wrestling around the building, trash exploding, chairs being moved, extra referees being used, Brett coming down to the floor to watch what's going on. That's all good stuff It happened in one match. Blake still gets high fives from the fans on the way out because we can still recognize real. And then lastly, Paul London gets a standing ovation from all of us. Thank you, Paul London. Now, now what's, what are you going to say? <laughs> I, I will echo. Thank you, Paul. Okay, London. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I, he won me over at the end. I, I like, I am a fan of him. I, just, I get protective of GCW and, yeah. Like, and like I said, I have no idea. Like when you said that, I just thought about like, yeah, I don't know when he said that. Maybe he just said that like two years ago during the Cardona thing. And then that's how we felt two years ago. But now we see he's like, right. it's a legitimate company. And yeah, I want to work for them now. Like I get that. Like I, that's on me, but I'm, I'm kind of glad I felt that way. Cause it, I, 
if I didn't feel that way, I wouldn't have been as invested as I was during the match. And I wouldn't feel like how I felt. And I enjoyed that me being into that match because that's probably the one match I was into the most. And I was definitely most vocal about it. Um, a cricket championship match again from Blake, man. Uh, I, I like the promo work at the beginning. It was different. It wasn't one of those, hey, I'm going to call you out. It was like a legit. And he said, I thought it was great points and it connected to me rooting for Blake and going against Paul. So um, I, I'll go back to the tweet. So it was funny. We uh, recorded this right before uh, we talked about this match. A tweet came up, I found, and it was kind of saying it posted Blake Christian's GCW title defenses from cage mats. And he said, guess how many of these title defenses have been a main event Two out of all his title defenses. He's had two have been main events and that's gringo loco and speedball. And someone goes, well, it's because of the death matches. Normally the death matches for cleanup reasons. They can't be said for all those title defenses that he didn't main event. Like some of those ones, like I'll go against even tonight, like Arez, gringo loco, Ray Horace, and, um, um, Aramis. Aramis. Yeah. Awesome, great lucha match. It was a it was a fun match, twenty five minute match. I don't think that should have been a main event, other than just because, like, we don't see Aramis and Ray Horace, Ray Horace in GCW all the time. They're just partnering up for this tag match. It is lucha. It is LA. It's going to connect, and I'm pretty sure that's why he booked it as the main event. But in my opinion, like, why can't that just why can't they get that recognition not in a main event? Why can't they get the crowd? The crowd will still be hyped up for it without it being the main event. And I think they did mention on commentary, now that I'm talking now, I think they said, hey, the reason they did do it was because of the Lucha stuff in LA. And I guess if that's a reason, that's your reason. But for me, that's not a good enough reason why I'm starting to think why some other fans now on Twitter starting to say that GCW's the world title defenses from Blake should be in main events and I that's something I've been saying this entire run and I was kind of glad to hear someone else kind of give the same voice to it other than me or us or something else so I'm wondering if maybe he was just listening in we've talked about this before um mostly on your side this is something that's really been a thing for you um I'd say like maybe 60% or 70% you because I agree with um, quite a bit of it, but for you, it's like it really gets to you that it really should get to a point where, you know, if Gage's matches can main event, then Blake's matches should also main event. So I get what you're saying there for sure. Um, I'm looking ahead then at November 3rd, which is the upcoming show. It's, well, I'll just tell you the other matches. We have Alex Shelley, Masha Slamovich, Charlie Evans and Everett Connors is there. We still don't know. I think I found out who that was, uh, who they're up against. Makihito versus Shaza McKenzie, which we haven't seen in a while. Gringo Loco versus Mike Bailey. And then we have Blake Christian versus Warhorse. Don't even get me started there. Don't even I'm just, not I'm just, least. I'm just letting it. No, 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 no. I don't have much in the way of displeasure. Sometimes, no. um, sometimes, some of the reasons why these matches are stacked the way they do, I would say 75% of the time, I understand why they do that. Um, uh, so I just wanted to let you know, though, this match is probably not going to be the main event because I'm looking right now, we have Gringo Loco versus Speedball Mike Bailey, and that's going to be wow. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm sick of randos coming to be challenging me. for the belt. I'm just sick of that. Okay, let's go on. Sorry, yeah, I know. I agree with you. I don't see him main event of that either. It's like, no, Gringo Speedball, that's a match... 
like, but even then, like, doesn't need to be a main event. Like, I, if it's Fight Christian against Warhorse, fuck yeah. Like, get get that gringo speedball. Give me 25 minutes of that. Give me 15 of Warhorse. I don't care. But, like, Paul London's a big name. He's a pretty big name that a lot of fans still respect, like, and he could still, like, has a following. So I don't mind. I think that's a big enough for that Paul London and Blake Christian was the match on that night to, I think, be the main event on this card. Like, and this is just going into it, looking at just names and the matches, not even going after it, looking back at it now. I don't, looking back at it now, I would probably have the main event, but that was the main event here because it was given the time to tell a cool story and give all the action that all the Lucha fans want. If Blake Christian Paul London was given that time, maybe we start thinking a little bit differently of this Blake run than we have been because it's, even then, he's not even getting the main event time, which is, I think, another problem. But, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Follow me. Now, I don't know when it's time, but it may be close. How about Gringo Loco as our champion? I'll I'll tell you why. He just had a main event with RS and went almost 26 minutes and defeated Armis and Horace. Before that, he defeated RS and Galeno Del Mal and defy uh he got his ass kicked by el hijo del vikingo in in a 15 minute freaking match at Curricken hall i mean if you start to look at it like really start to look at it uh let's see he defeated rich swan he was in a match with action andretti do 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 do, do. he's got a lot of good stuff up here he's doing a lot of good things defeated leon slater defeated yeah, I mean, he's one that, I mean, he's carrying the belt to Ring of Honor also. I don't think that belt's getting on Ring of Honor. I don't think the belt's going to go anywhere. Okay, okay. You like you have, the light you have, would be you doing it now if that was the case. So I really wish that as much as Ring of Honor and AEW kind of work a little bit and have their foot in there within GCW and the independent scene. I really wish that GCW would have as much preferential uh, treatment when it comes to AEW performers on their shows as Wrestling Revolver does. And being, yep. I'd like to see Phoenix. You know, some of these people that are going on Abaddon. Penta. Penta's my new one. Penta. Holy shit. I wanted to tweet out Wednesday night so much about Penta, but I decided just to eat it because I couldn't find the words. But I want to see more Penta just on singles run and in GC under the independent scene. I want to see more Penta because he's been killing it. And I've always loved Penta. And I think he's been kind of not underappreciated, but underused in AEW, the kind of what I think his talent level is. But it would be fun seeing a Ray Phoenix on GC. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. I'm just being, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Lance Archer was also at that show. And I think there was a fourth person that I'm just like, holy crap, why can't we get now? If it's budgetary something, I, I totally get that. But Swerve, Swerve is one I would like, oh my God, if he's not just killing oh, me, Swerve would be so If he shows up and defy GCW, I'm going to be so mad I didn't go to that show, but I, I will pop watching it. I will fucking yeah. pop if, if he shows up there. It's just, there's a lot of exciting things and I just. That was one of those things that's on my Christmas wish list one day is that AEW as the number three international touring company maybe gets a little more respect on that side. But 
not going too deep, but investment in the platform, as in the ring, the lighting, and the presentation, would probably give us a little more pull towards having people down there. Because we can't have maybe Swerve or Jericho stepping in the ring and our fresh mat is covered in old blood from four to six to ten weeks ago. Things like that really make us look a little mud showy. And that's where we, Imagine I don't know. There's in the back of the UCC center. I just, I'm being fair. I'm being fair. I'm seeing what Nick Wayne, I'm seeing what a lot of the people on Ring of Honor is doing. And these are the same people that's been on our show for the last year or so. So yeah, framing our performers properly really does, in you know, just presentation matters. And I see that as this next year comes up, I hope that presentation continues to get better so that um, the performers that are making much better, I guess, money or much better, having better exposure is getting the same treatment down there with us. I think that AEW would work more with us if we did have a general ring and everything that was very, but the costs of doing all of that, taking it to LA, taking it to Washington, taking it to Colorado, taking it to Chicago is expensive. There's a lot of things. And I think it does, uh, Brett, likes the identity of keeping GCWA, GCW independence. Yep. He likes the grittiness sometimes of it and the non-professional stuff that we always ask for and stuff. So I can see him not doing that on purpose because he doesn't want yep. to change his identity of the company. But as you said, it kind of costs him some maybe potential deals or maybe that's what kind of fell through with the whole, mo- not that's what fell through, but a part of what with Moxley and stuff, because we've seen kind of since the whole Moxley stuff, we haven't got too much GCW over the last, or AEW wrestlers over the last year. Yeah, I mean, it's just rumors, but when you think about it, it's like when he was specifically asked not to come to GCW, out of out of his that own mouth. almost a year ago now, too. That's crazy that to think about. up if you think about that. Yeah. And then he's over yeah. at Wrestling Revolver, and I mean, no disrespect, that's awesome. But, and then he's over parading around at Wrestling Revolver bleeding, and I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Sammy Callahan pop up in GCW before he goes anywhere. If he does, like at the name that would fit, I think would fit in good. I feel like something's off there between those two companies. We haven't seen a lot done between the two in a while. I'd like to see something done, especially since they're building that Midwest block so much. That, they're constantly that, working. And probably, uh, I'm saying I'll give the Team Red. Have you seen Team Red in Wrestling Revolver? No, who is it? RSP. Alex Cologne, Killer Kelly, and I forgot the four. I think it's one of those guys. No, Killer Kelly. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I just said Masha because I was thinking oh. maybe that was the fourth. Uh, no, it was a guy. Um, uh, I, I don't know his name. Um, Is it Macklin? I want to say Macklin or something like that. Someone I don't even know. Oh, wow. I'm not a fan of, but hey, RSP and Cologne and a, going against SGC and Wrestling Revolver, like, there's, yeah, that's a... That's a dropped ball, in my opinion. If that those well, matches, if those matches mean anything to anyone and would mean the most, it's in GCW, and I think that's a fumbled yeah. match that they're doing. But I'm at least another company's doing it because I'm glad to see these kind of matchups happening still in other companies, like we're seeing in MLW and Wrestling Revolver and other independent companies. We're seeing some matchups that I would love to see in GCW that makes perfect sense. But for whatever reason, well, there are reasons, but the other companies are doing it. And I'm going out of my way to check them out because it means something to me as a GCW fan with former talent kind of continuing a feud somewhere else and seeing where it happens now with the new feud. 
Yeah, I hundred I, percent I love both companies. I actually sometimes will retweet some of their stuff. Some of their matches, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. One of those matches are some of the ones that I look forward to and I do watch other companies to see as a fan. So if there is something personal, none of my business, but I would yeah. say as a promotion that's trying to gain some, you know, foothold on the fan base, I think giving two people who we haven't seen on a larger stage in a while, a stage to work with is going to be a chess move. It really is. That's a chess. They set it up too. Like they just formed. Yeah. Like they they had like uh, I think one of the two came out and like had each other's back, and that's kind of how it happened. It wasn't just something they brought in. It was like a storyline they orga- organically told through their company, and it's cool to see it. As you said, it, if we can't see it in GCW, I'm glad it's happening somewhere else because I can't wait to see what happens in Revolver with them. Wow, there's so much to be said. Yeah, about right that there. But <laughs> yeah, I just I want to see them work together. I feel like something is just maybe just something didn't whatnot. But I mean, if we're going to the Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa area, I mean, we're in their home territory. So imagine the turnouts and those big, like the bigger buildings that Revolver could get too. They allow the glass and they do a bunch of crazy Mm -hmm. fucking matches that GCW could do as well. So imagine just a bigger venue for GCW and that many people and that, like how that would come across on TV as a big difference of a company like working with them. I think, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff out there that for whatever reason's not happening that would be very awesome and I think could be beneficial to everyone involved. Yeah, there's there's quite a few things. There should be more company versus company going on across the country overall on the independent scene. Because things like that, even though they're artificial and all the performers are just still, (laughs) yeah, it adds a little something. And, you know, you can ECW style it where you're like, that's it. I'm getting into it. Like we do at FSW versus GCW, man. We were like totally GCW and it was just fun. It didn't matter the booking. We were just totally GCW. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not sure what else to really say about it, but not without going too deep into a whole deep dive on this one, but I love both companies. I watch both companies. Um, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, def- Defy, Wrestling Revolver, some of these companies around that size would do fantastic for our business and their business. And again, all you guys are doing really is just throwing in on a building together, throwing in together on some insurance. I mean, come on. Give us, give us the bigger shows. Get out of Alabama, you know. Start getting to wrestling revolvers. Start going to Defy more often. Get out there. I'm hoping 2024 we kind of see more, as you said, U.S. based GCW more. Get back to our roots, our regulars. Get back to what kind of. I'm hoping like, hey, the fun stuff they had for doing all with all the new fans they've gotten. I think that's kind of could be stopped and they kind of go back to what building. I think they're the fan base is kind of like asking for that. And as we see, like we, all these fans are excited to see Gringo and Speedball, Gringo and Mance. Like we want to see our regulars do all these cool shows and be at the forefront of why we're going to these shows and what's revolving around these shows and these wrestlers. So I'm hoping 2024, they kind of get back to the roots a little bit. I think maybe we kind of been teased like that a little bit, but we'll see. That's kind of my hopes for the next year. Um, hmm. I won't go too much into the next year, but I do have 
a lot of hopes and dreams. I want to see production go up. I, I'm with you. I actually want to see newer cities that are going to be, uh, you know, just new cities would be a nice thing to do. I want to see yep. Phoenix. I want to see San Diego. I want to see them go to some places that are brand new because there are fans there. Make it a love fest, just like you do at a lot of these other cities where everybody gets their autographs and pictures and they go home happy. I do want to see the American fan base grown up more because it's time. It's time to grow. I don't know what the three-year plan is with this company, but I am curious what it is, what the plan is to get there, and how they're doing something about that today. I really am curious about how they're going to get there and where it's going to be. I really do feel that, let's just say, 60% of the roster will probably not be there in three years. You know, so you got to think about things like that. There's always going to be, I, with lack of better term, turnover. So, you know, someone goes out and someone new comes in and we try to enjoy them while we can because they're going to get plucked to AEW or, you know, Ring of Honor slash, you know, and if not there, then who knows where. But it's a very interesting thing. I think, I think production goes up and several other little things here and there and... Yeah, I'm going to cut from that and say one thing I do want to know. I, with, with Brett, I want to know how large he wants to get without killing the GCW vibe that he wants. Like, is 5,000 too much? Is 2,500 too much? It, I would like to know what that goal is and how he feels he can attain that goal and what he's doing to get there. That's going to be a great question on Patreon. I'd love to ask him. I, I must say, yeah, because that's... Like I said, he he wants the authentic, independent wrestling feel of it, but also he sees all the cool stuff that he could do with the money, the Vikingos, the promotions, and stuff like that. While trying to stay true to your identity, that's a that's a tough spot that he kind of has to feel right now. That are not a, I don't like not a lot of independent wrestling companies have to worry about because most of them run a more traditional show, and they could kind of know where to go from there. Where GCW's got to find that balance of staying true to Deathmatch and the the vibe that is GCW while also trying to grow the company with other sponsors that lets them be authentic and as you said the money and stuff like that and the fans um I I, I just texted the guy that I know from Arizona Phoenix because you said you'd like to see them there like, yeah they, they have a venue he's told me like I'm I'm saying this on podcast he told me I could say this before because he's been he works at a at the Nile theater and he's been trying to get like GCW into that venue and that's a venue that holds about 500 to over 500 people they can have in there for a gcw show that has glass and everything else and they would get the turnout for a first time showing up in arizona i definitely think they could get the 500 easily especially if you're promising a venue with glass and deathmatch you'll get it for sure so uh yeah that's another like i said that's a venue that they could go to and i would like to see them hit up new places while Still, like, once maybe go to center stage. Once go to Alabama or somewhere like that. Not three, four, five, six times a year. Like, it gets tired of seeing... I don't get tired of seeing center stage. I get excited, but then it's like the coolness wears away. But then, like, seeing TNT once a year, we were like, toilets! Like, we got excited for toilet signs not seeing once a year or after seeing them a year ago. So, I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else worth saying about that. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, is there anything else I can kind of wish for that I, you know, it's just, there, there are a lot of questions in three years. Do we have Nick Gage and what is he doing? I mean, I'm sure we'll have Nick Gage, but will he be doing anything? 
that's kind of a curiosity. I'm kind of curious to see where that's all going to go. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, yeah. Since my wish list is out right now in front of me, I'd still like to see the Patreon members, the patrons get in an hour early, half an hour early, because again, worldwide, there's only a couple hundred of us. When you go to a city, what is there going to be? 25 to 246 total. 246 total worldwide, everybody. That includes Japan, Europe, Australia, Canada, the United States, and I'm sure with Lucha, small chunks here and there, maybe of even Mexico, that may be people who actually do, you know, watch and whatnot. So I would say with that kind of number, I mean, let's do something. I just, I just, again, $75 a month is a front row seat every month. So, I mean, hey, your valued members would be a, a cool way to kind of do it. So, again, and it, I don't know. You could also say it's a selling point. You want to get in early to the show, blah, blah, blah. You need to be on this tier, so on and so forth. Make it a game changer tier. Mo revenue. Mo revenue. So, I don't know. What you thinking? I, I agree. I like to, as a patron, to get a little bit more than we've kind of gotten lately. Um, but... It is what it is. I think I'm starting to, I'm going to start like probably tomorrow for that tonight, uh, like lowering the tier until the tickets come and then getting up again. Like it, it's, it, I, I just don't feel it's worth 75 bucks every single month when I can have three opportunities a year to get the ticket. So if I could get the, everything else, I might just drop down just for the podcast and stuff. Cause the merch kind of slowed down a little bit again as well. So, um, when is the last time you got a merch thing? Uh, so we got like those three back to back to back and then I didn't get nothing. I think I just got one like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Okay. I'm just, I'm just wondering because I'm like, uh, I can't really remember when I got my last one. Yeah. Okay. Game changer. Let's see here. Was, no, that can't be right. It says June 26th. No, that's not right. I can't tell you. Normally I would have that shit tracked, but I don't this time. Yeah. Hi, to our eighth match. Holy shit. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> I'm going to wake up now. Here we go. There you go. We got two more matches here. Uh, this one was a change of match and a, another pleasant surprise, I think. Uh, Santana Jackson goes against, supposed to be uh, Joey Janela, but I'll let you explain why Joey wasn't able to perform. And fill it in for Joey was one J the God JTG. I was happy to see JTG. I've always been a fan of him. Prime time, refs in peace. Uh, Shad, I I loved the team. I loved them. And when they like got out of WWE, like I thought I wanted to see more of him. So I was able to catch some of his stuff on Independence. And he shows up in GCW every once in a while. So him showing up that night was a fun surprise for me. And I was excited. And I was also very interested to see how this match would play as Jay seems to kind of take, he's taken his character obviously from years ago. Way more seriously, he's become more wrestling related than kind yeah. of like a comedy spot or anything like that. When he's killer in the ring, and he always has been, so I was interested to see how this match would go with him being a more serious wrestler as of late, going against Santana Jackson, who can does is a serious wrestler as well, but finds a fun way to uh, express and get us the Michael Jackson during this uh, during his matchups. And this one played out a lot different than I expected, but in a <laughs> So as you were saying there, uh, JTG was stepping in for Joey Janela. 
He had posted online that he woke up and his arm was bleeding heavily. The bed looked like a crime scene. And so it took him a little bit to get there because he was kind of taking his time. And by the time he got there, the hospital said that they weren't able to stitch it up because the wound had been there for too long. You want to talk about some crazy shit. You should see how open that wound was. He caught, He noticed it right away during the match. When it happened, I saw him looking down and looking at it and saw it. And like he kind of was keeping an eye on it throughout the rest of the match. I saw because it didn't look like that big at worst, but I didn't know what you're talking about. You posted a picture. That thing's like, yeah, giant gash on his arm. Yeah, that's some nasty stuff there. So on the other end, out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Santana Jackson, Las Vegas loses their mind for him. And here we are in L.A. Still, people are losing their minds for him. Of course, we will always support our Las Vegas guy. So we were pushing as hard as we can. We didn't have to do too much at all. Los Angeles was just swallowing everything he did up. And that was just enjoyable. I cannot say enough nice things about him as an individual and his performances are top notch. I was able to talk to him one time and um, when I first met him, I said, hey man, I think you're doing a really good job. I appreciate what you do. And he said, thank you so much. I just want people to appreciate Michael's music. I'm like, wow, you know? And then his my wife met him and same thing. She goes, you know what? She goes, I, I'm a fan. And he goes, oh my gosh, I have fans. Like that's how long ago we talked to him well before all this stuff. What a nice guy. So Yeah, I talked to him uh, about a year ago, or no, the, uh, when they were in Vegas um, last time with the VXS show and stuff like that. Because his, uh-huh. his match with Joey Janela and VXS was fucking amazing. <laughs> like I took a video and I posted it. And like literally from the end of the event to the time I got to my car, my phone blew up with all the retweets and all the shit about the viral <laughs> moments that he creates. like And Speedball, like on, uh, not Speedball, Screwball on Twitter, has mentioned like, dude, like every time Santana Jackson's a match, it could go viral, but five years later. Like it does. Oh yeah. It's oh, so yeah. cool. Like that's how much he has like with the wrestling and his character and stuff. And I talked to him the next day, like after I took the video, I saw him at the GCW show the getting a drink and I was like hey man you retweeted my video the other day like it kind of blew up and you asked like hey where can I get it and I kind of sent you like a thing like I just want to say thank you for letting me post it and like if you need help downloading it for yourself here yeah I kind of showed him how and he's like oh thank you so much like that was so cool you caught that video like it was it was uh it was perfectly caught of like when he threw blanket off the the top the top of the railing but he was very nice and very appreciative of it and uh he said the same thing he just wants to you, he didn't say music to me, but he said he, he just wants to keep Michael Jackson's name out there and like like his lookliness, like the likeliness of him. He wants to still in fans' eyes since obviously uh, passed away. <laughs> Who he is at GCW is a type of character that's like um, Grim Reefer. You know, when you see him, you're going to smile. You know, you're going to see certain moves. You know, you're going to see him bring out the freaking joint and you're going to smoke and everybody's going to laugh and have fun. That's the same thing we have here. No matter who Santana Jackson is with, as long as he's given a chance to go to the ring, people are going to enjoy most of what he does. As long as they sprinkle him in properly and people don't get a little too, oh yeah, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, then it'll be good. But I will say, even there, there are people like us who are like, as long as they play the music, when he comes out from under the mat, in the mat, it's going to be great. And da, da. The mat so, is it for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. So things like that, you know, um, there was a hee hee chant. I don't know if it picked up on audio very well, but uh, yeah, the hee hee owl that, you know, from what, I forget what video it was. Was it like all his songs? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, you're right. Uh, The handshake of honor was exchanged here. Mid-match, Jackson disappears. He comes out with the werewolf mask. He eventually chases off JTG. And then JTG, of course, because he's scared, runs under the ring himself. After he was bitten, he started acting a little crazy, and then boom, underneath he goes. He comes out with a wolf wolf mask on. So now they get in the ring, and then they square off, and they start like they're getting ready to wrestle. And then all of a sudden, the music hits, and you see them all get in the line. Him, JTG, Chad Rico. Oh, yes, Chad Rico is out there, and uh, yeah. He's refereeing this match, and he was having a blast. All three of them were dancing together. If you go online, I've got a picture proving it. He has a smile on his face like a six-year-old kid who just got a Happy Meal. It's amazing how he, you know, he just looked ear-to-ear smiling. Santana ends up picking up the win here as a very quick pin. Um, Alien Ant Farm basically plays Smooth Criminal, and Santana Jackson leaves the building. The only thing I didn't write down here... I liked when he first came out that he um, had the glove and he was kind of like showing he was going to throw the glove to somebody in the crowd. And I thought that was kind of a rock star move. I love to JTG. I, like, I think we talked about Santana before, but like, hey, it's going to be kind of tough. You got to mix up the thriller dance and how you got to do it or else it's going to the same act. This was exactly what we said as JTG got in on the act of the referee. I love that because just because we made mention, I think you made mention of it specifically of how that's got to like going to have to change with this character. And he found a perfect way to do it. Um, Yeah. JTG was like just throwing haymakers at Santana too. Like (laughs) damage. I I enjoyed that match, uh, that part as well. But I think uh, Santana Jackson came out of it looking good. I think the ass kicking that he did take during the match was good for his character and i love the little tweak of the new thriller dance like i i hate hearing thriller too because it reminds me of this time of the year like i usually teach thriller to the kids right around this time of the year and i hate it because i i know the dance i know the thriller dance and everything so every time i hear it just makes me think i gotta teach it to the kids and now looking at the date it's coming up but uh i don't (laughs) i don't the kids ain't getting thriller this year that's for sure but um you're not gonna wear the jacket no <laughs> no 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 okay. um what about the shoes <laughs> you can wear the leather pants no nah, not the leather pants i don't think they have leather that could fit my ass um i got red shoes i can wear though <laughs> yeah. bright not oh bright. yeah i like those though i like those red ones so those are your nikes right uh my adidas ones actually i think my wife uh, has like a, br- a pair of red trucks with like their sparklies <laughs> my adidas good song too old for you Right, yeah, hey, dude. I right, you know what you're talking about. It's been a long time since I heard it. I thought this was good, especially right before the main event. Got was a nice little comedy action in, but um, JTG and Santana Jackson delivered, especially on short notice with Joey canceling kind of at the last minute. And that will lead us into our main event of the evening, as it was the Lucha tag match of Ares teaming with Gringo Loco going against the team of Aramis and Ray Horace. Like I said, this was a fun match. It was good. It delivered on the Lucha stuff. I think the crowd left happy. They got to see all the flippy shit. I left happy. I, I, that's what I was a little disappointed in the last LA show I went to. We didn't get a 
authentic, I don't think, was it that one or was it the one I didn't go to? There wasn't like a full Lucha match. It was like a one-on-one quick kind of style match. It wasn't like a full-on, like, let's bring in the big Lucha names. I think it was just kind of uh, another matchup. So seeing Lucha deliver in a main event in LA was fun and it it was good. It was really, really good. (laughs) So knowing this was the main event, I had a lot of high expectations as this is a GCW Lucha match. And specifically, it was chosen and yeah. So it delivered. I'll just go ahead and just say that it delivered. I could piggyback on you because I was thinking yeah. main event. We haven't seen no fucking blood on the hills. Oh, oh yeah. I was waiting for one of these bloody lucha matches with Gringo just busted all over the place. Like that's where I was kind of getting my expectations to going into the main event. I've not seen any blood. Hmm. No. Well, it's a good point. I don't know if I ever heard anyone else in the crowd say anything about that, but it's a great point. It's like, okay, where's the blood? I'm probably the only one thinking about it. Well, I'll tell you what, like I said, to live and die in LA should have been the name of the title. Yep. And, and then and blood on the blood in the hall. Yeah. Damn, why could we said nothing earlier? I'll work for free. I don't know if Aramis and Horace have teamed up before, but they made a great team in my eyes. Gringo and Ares is a dangerous pairing. I hope to see them continue to work together. If we ever have a tag team thing in GCW, those two would be fantastic. Like I said, I made, uh, met Armies, nice as hell. The Lucha Chance, as Emil is announcing our banger for the night, partially in Spanish, was just exciting. Thank you, Emil, for announcing that we have referee Dan Perch there for the night. Again, I met him also. We spoke for a few minutes. So nothing but nice things to say there. Both him and Deppin, super humble. But this was a very flippy, I like your word flippy on that one, a very flippy, high-risk, busy lucha mask. I'll I'll, I'll, mask. <laughs> I'll, I'll, steal, I'll steal it from Righteous Reg over here. He likes the same style I do. He likes the spot food kind of matches, just a bunch of high-flying ninja shit going like the young bucks matches and this one absolutely fits into that spot foo oh yeah good point i like that um all four men were racking up frequent flyer models i would say go out of your way to watch this match a few times i seen gringo recover moves that normally shouldn't have been finished cleanly i think is the best way to put it i think he is damn near the lucha king of covering shit up if necessary i i don't know i've seen him I've seen him, I don't know, maybe it's his strength, but I've seen him make some adjustments sometimes where things didn't maybe rotate as much or over rotation or, you know, and he's handled that really well. So again, I don't know if it's size or whatnot, but good for him because that's that uh, keeps people safe. He is the base god for a reason. <laughs> much respect. About 18 minutes into this match and the fans knew we were watching something special this started the fight forever chance from the crowd chairs and doors are coming out the match went up another level in my head from that point we had a double wide door bridge being made the whole time i'm thinking someone is gonna eat shit through their doors and our winner is ares ares was the one who ate shit through those doors that jump uh, that uh double jump spot by horace and aramis was electric live we we knew we were witnessing a great match after some of these things were pulled off. 
Um, Gringo with the base bomb, a uh, horse through a door bridge was pretty nasty to see. Our winners here was Ares and Gringo. I'm just going to say again, just go ahead and watch that match because I've really enjoyed it a lot. I know exactly what you were thinking, B, when you were saying, hey, you were wanting to have Blake Christian in a specific spot and whatnot. And yeah, the, my expectations went way up when I said, okay, this is our main event. And then I'm like, okay, Gringo Loco's in this, Ares is in this. I'm like, oh shit, okay, we got something here. They covered 25 minutes really well. I mean, overall, the segment was a 30-minute segment once you have, you know, maybe 33 minutes when you have all the entrances and everything. But yeah, in my... Here we are again. I see why it was the main event. It this is you and me countering. I'm so sorry, but I see why it was the main event in this point. It furthers my point that Gringo Local needs to be in the main event. All four men should be proud of their work that night. I hope to see Horace next time he's in the building because I really enjoyed what he did. And then as I'm doing my review, I noticed that the show kind of cuts abruptly on Fight TV, which kind of sucks because you would have seen all the money raining down. And all the fans running up to beat on the mats. So you really missed that moment because that was a special moment between the fans and the wrestler. And if there's anything you always want to show on TV, it's moments like that. No, I I agree with you watching this now. The, the show's over and everything. If yeah. I had to pick a main event of the night, like in-ring, that would have been it. That was the most action, the greatest, like great high-flying action. The crowd was into it. It was the most action-packed field match of the night. It could be main event, absolutely. I just see that you could do green, or I mean, if, I, if Nick Gage and Leo Rush could have a kind of main event match, that's what I saw in Blake Christian and Paul London's. But I see after the fact, yeah, that shouldn't have been the main event going into it. Um, or looking back at it, that Blake and Paul shouldn't have been the main event. This one should are getting tired. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, before the show, I was right, and then now I'm admitting I was wrong, I think is what wow. I'm saying is. Or where I where I would change my thoughts. I would change it and, no, if you tell me to pick one match that made a main event, that was, the main event should have been the Lucha match. I can really say, though, on both sides, you had good points. So look at it that way. I mean, you had great points on why one was the main event, and then you're like, okay, here's some good points. So, I mean, it's not like you had some unreal whatever. You had a lot of good points on why you felt that the championship should be at the end of the show. And I agree with you. Gringo should be main events, and I think he should be a bigger spotlight as a singles wrestler, possibly, in main events challenging for titles like that. As you said, we we, got to get gold on Gringo and... I, I think the time is now as well. I think him main eventing the elite and the match qualities that he's had lately and the stuff he's been doing with Vikingo and Kirk and Hall and everywhere that Gringo's been working, but even just specifically GCW, he definitely belongs up there as a, maybe another rematch. I mean, if Violence is Forever could get another rematch against Los Macisos within two months, why can't Blake or, or why can't Speedball get another one against Blake or Mance or, or one of the people that have already? Effie now. Effie Gringo. Effie, yep. Like, why not just do it within a couple months? It's been a couple months. If you're doing it with other talents and tag team matches and championships, why not do it for the others? So um, it was good, though. I enjoyed it. Arez and uh, Ray Horace delivered. I've seen them both, but, like, they, as for me, they don't stand out as the Luchadors. Like, Arez was one of those ones that didn't stick out for me for a while. Then, boom, he clicked. When I first saw him, 
I like that we did the cool little sit up and then the eyeball. Right, right. And then as I've seen him more and more, I saw the, like, oh shit, he's creative on the ground, which is different for Lucha. Holy shit, he can fly like every other Lucha. And he does the ground right. I see it. I see it. saw more of him. And that's where I start to love him more and more. And I think that I want to see more of Aramis and Ray Horace too. Because I, I, especially Aramis, I think for me is a great high flyer and talented. And Horace is kind of more complete right now and solid. I would like to see yeah. them just more like I would like to see them continue on at GCW so I could see more of them and fall in love with them too because they delivered in this match and it was it was a fun luchador and I second what you said I love the team of Rez and Gringo if there's any sort of tag team title tournament they want to do that battle born draw again but instead of JCW do it in GCW our Rez and Gringo would be an awesome yeah. tag team so yeah who knows where things are going to go but even Gringo's merch is hot right now. Like that's why I always say he's not while the iron's hot. Like because right now everything about him is clicking. You saw me. He was right at the door. As soon as we walked in, I made my left turn and tried to get the Gringo jersey and hat, but he didn't have it because they sold out so much in Cork and Hall and Japan just in general. And uh, yeah, he's he's selling his merch. It's, and he's got really good merch too. Well, we had a good conversation the time before that. And then when you and I got in the door, I, I introduced myself because he, he meets millions of people. Like my face is going to be no different than a lot of other faces out there. And I'm like, hi, I'm John. He's like, I know who you are. And he remembered because my wife watched his luggage the last time he was there. Cause I guess he left his luggage unattended. So she was standing there waiting. He's like, oh yeah. And then they ended up talking and she's like, my husband's waiting to go get a hat. That's how I got my hat. Oh, really? Yeah, he almost walked out completely, and then he went to go get his luggage, and she was there, and he's like, you could have left with a lot of merch. And she's like, why? <laughs> and then she was just like, my husband's waiting over there. And he's like, oh, cool. And then he came over to me, and I bought one right out of his right out of his bag. So Yeah, I want to buy the hat and the jersey, the little combo. So I was like, I didn't even buy much. I bought that cool GCW shirt that I saw them wearing. Um, I saw, what was his name? Where was he wearing that? I forgot where... Uh... MLJ was wearing it, and I saw Perch wearing it too, like the cool little different new game changer with the blood, like little droplets on the side. Like that was a shirt I was I had my eye on too. So I first wanted the Gringo stuff, but it was sold out. So I spent ended up getting just that other shirt as well. But um, yeah, Gringo's merch is definitely on fire right now. I like that blue and yellow GCW. Have you seen that anywhere at the LA show? There's one where it's like half blue right here where the G is, and then I forget what color, and then on the w it's like yellow so it's blue and yellow it's pretty cool so no, i didn't see that no i wanted one and then i i don't go to the merch tables that's I where really i go to first <laughs> that's like literally the first spot i went into took step in building made it left and i was at gringo's table but no shit i'm gonna tell you right now that's where as a patreon member you guys probably would have gotten a little more money out of me because i didn't get a shirt my son forgot to get a shirt i'm like shit so I recommend it. The Patreon people let them in half an hour early. An hour would be holy crap, thankful as shit, but we understand you have things to do. But I mean, GCW fans are smart fans. So, see, yeah, there's some of the, the Japan shirt too, and that's another cool looking one. And I, I know we were kind of talking about referees earlier. Like, it's yeah. fucking awesome. The referees are on the goddamn shirt, which is awesome to see. Yeah, we're big fans the of our fire. referees. I can tell you right now, if we tried, we could probably do two hours just on a show of referees, like just <laughs> us talking about our GCW referees. Like each one does things 
unique or different or better than others do in different areas. And, you know, there's a lot the high level of appreciation there on our end. So I really hope that referees really appreciate that out there. So what do you think? We do some memorable moments? Yeah, I must say, I, I, I didn't write down any memorable, so I'll just kind of have to go off my top of my head. It's been a while since we've done these. No, good. I, we normally haven't been. I only threw it together because this is our, we only have nine matches here. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'll let you, <laughs> and I'll, I'll try not to uh, to copy anything you say. Well, here's one yeah, that I know we, no, that's good. Here's one we both share. Being there, just the live experience was Definitely a memorable moment. There's always something there fun that we never forget. Um, a solid opener with more emotional investment than expected, I think would be a good way to put that Oliver and uh, Cruz match. Tolo's 25th year anniversary, and he ends up kind of doing something there to help uh, violence his forever get over. I really did appreciate that he did that. Seeing Bobby Flacco live, meeting Deppen Perch and Armies. Uh, get well soon, Ciclope, is a message I'd like to also get out there. The seamless organization of three matches back to back to back when things went somewhat awry. Also seeing local Bodhi in GCW. I thought that was something really interesting, and I look forward to seeing him a little more down the future here. Cool story of messing with Effie's head. I thought that was kind of funny. Um... I don't, like I said, I feel like you do where he took something and he refined it and the delivery was improved. The cartwheel and Deppen match overall, just the fact that both were kind of testing each other in that one. And also the fact that Deppen came out on top looking, not he came out on top, but win wise, but he came out on top uh, proving to himself that he is fully back because I know he's still kind of questioning it a little if you can go with a kid like Jack, you can go with anyone. The Blake and London match being a much fuller match than the usual the usual matches for Blake. Blake can tell a story, by the way. Just give him time and give him the you know the proper. Uh, yeah, see, you're shaking your head. You already know. Uh, same time. time. Well, just the proper. T- I mean, the proper time, the proper opponent, and he has the capacity to do. You know. Go look at this match, look at the speedball match, look at the gringo match. He's got it. Just like I said, the only thing I'm concerned with is that his opponents are defining his run, not him. But he's also a newer champion. You're going to have that in the first or second championship run. I don't know how much, but a lot of them, um, they're defined by the opponents. So Santana being in LA and JTG being a suitable replacement, I was really thankful we found one. The Lucha main event, having a satisfying ending. Um, Live, I absolutely loved it. I will be honest, there was less uh, star power than usual. There was less violent than usual. And half of the performers that did show up, God bless them, were somewhat jet lagged from the previous two days of travel. Nothing against them. I'm so thankful we have workhorses that are capable of showing up after all that. We were missing Gage, Maki, Rena, Murdoch, and a couple others. Um, who else? Manser. Um, also, the ones that were there, many of them had to leave after the show, a couple red eyes, and they didn't have a lot of time to spend with some of them. Given all of that, there was still a very solid wrestling show that was delivered for us there. 
and again, it was a little different than usual in LA. Um, but we were still given a show. Yeah. And all the talent, the incredible show we got after seeing what they did in Japan, two days yeah. prior and, and Germany and, uh, Jersey, like they've been on an incredible run, especially the last two weeks with the art of war games and everything. It's been crazy run and, uh, kind of glad they have these next three weeks to kind of rest, relax, and we get to see some of our favorites wrestle other favorites and other promotions. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Like deadlock pro is doing a lot of cool stuff. I want to check out too. And, um, yeah, it's just been a lot of cool stuff to see in these next three weeks. I want to check out some more wrestling revolver defy and kind of see what you won't get it a little idea of maybe some of the local talents on their shows that I don't know much about to kind of give a little homework going into what we're going to see coming up here from those companies. Um, I'll go quickly go through my memorable moments. Um, the Jordan Oliver having it be a title match. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for, I know we mentioned earlier, so thankful that was a title match and he got the defense there. Uh, cool seeing Bobby Flacco come out. I think he made a good call on Lil Cholo. I didn't even think about that. Of Hey, that might have been the last time we've seen him. He did a quick little give back to Violence is Forever and putting them yep. out on his way or putting them what am I saying? Put him over and on yeah. his way up. There you go. Jesus Christ, it is like Yeah, yeah that, that was a good call by you. I appreciate that. Uh, the tag matchup, the Sosos Violence is Forever. I'm glad I was able to see it live. I was kind of jealous I didn't get to see those two live. Uh, their first round go around, so I am glad to see the, the second one. The six-person tag match of Thrusty versus the Garbage Daddies was the my, match of the night for me. It was fun, entertaining, good in-ring work. I love the story they told, and... uh enjoyed everything about that match um skipping to the world title match i eat crow on paul london that match was way better than i thought uh still go with my thought of blake defending it in the main events but seeing paul london have a great match and give it his all for the fans uh was very nice uh for me to see santana jackson with the surprise upset i think on jtg was the big part of that for me, but also cool seeing JTD put on the mask and the Lucha tag match. Yes, go check that out. It was incredible. I think it was, you said you said it perfectly. Great way to send the fans home happy with all that Lucha action uh, in LA. All right, fool. Should we uh, talk about the two upcoming shows we have here? I can do yeah. that real quick. Yeah, we got a few minutes here. All right, so here we go. There's going to be a stretch. Now, from when you hear this episode, I still think there's going to be, oh, geez, a week and a half or more where there's going to be the next show. So the next GCW show would be November 3rd, and that'll be GCW's Please Buddy at Pops Nightclub in Salje, Illinois. It's going to be at 8 p.m. Central. Right now, so far, we have Alex Shelley versus Masha Slamovich. We have Charlie Evans and Everett Connor showing up. So I believe, yeah, you're loving this, right? Let me know. Back in it. I have a feeling they have an opponent that was recently announced, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Versus Shaza McKenzie. Yeah, let's hear it. Who is it? Was it a death match royalty? Oh, there we go. There we go. I saw match up announced. I just don't know when or where. Okay, well, it very well could be. That's that's good news. There we go. Breaking news, guys. Uh, Blake Christian versus Warhorse. And then what I think may be our main event here, Gringo Loco versus Mike Bailey. Scheduled to appear will also be Nick Gage, Jordan Oliver, and Busse. So that'll be for November 3rd, GCW's Please Buddy. 
Yep, it is that match, Deathmatch Royalty versus Charlie Evans. Charlie Evans and Everett Connors. Okay, good, good, good. And then we go to November 4th. This is GCW's See or No at Center Stage in Atlanta, Georgia. This will be at 8 p.m. Eastern from Center Stage. I'm telling you, Center Stage is so cool. We I went over the history of that. Old school man, WCW, some history went down in that uh, in that building. I love seeing it. Too. I just hey, throw us in every once in a while in there. Hey, it's it's just nice to see something different too. That is a unique place, nothing like it on any other GCW tour. We have Los Macisos versus Violence is Forever. I'm really hoping that turns out into a banger. Mike Bailey versus Santana Jackson. Very very interesting call there. I didn't even know that match was announced. It, I'm I'm all in there. Very interesting call. You you know what I mean? I I go well. I'm, I'm very I'm interesting. Okay. If it's anything like his match with uh, Yoshiko, I'm all down for it. And then we have Steph Delander versus Jimmy Lloyd, and I swear we have an opponent, but I have um, also appearances from Nick Gage, Jacob Fatu. I think there's someone announced for him. Masha Slamovich, Bussy, Tank, and more. And I could swear that was it Tank and Blake Christian. Blake and Tank, yep, for the tag or er, for the title and a tag match announced. War Dogs, Alex Coglin and um, oh shit, yeah, Gabriel Kidd against uh Second Gear Crew, Mance Warner, Manders. So we get Coglin back with his normal tag partner. War Dogs is a fun team. That's gonna be, a, I think that's gonna be a really good match, and that's at center stage. See or no? Wow. And then the last thing, just because we touched on it for a moment, and I'm sure there's gonna be an episode before this happens, but. November 17th and 18th, since we just touched on it, Defy shares a weekend with GCW up in Washington. So really hoping to see good things ahead and uh, a lot of exciting things for GCW after their little break here. The kids in Waha. Right? I'm excited for that one. So then are we still on for our draft? Do you want to still do a draft? Uh, yeah, we can see if we have the draft time in there. I, I really want to do, uh, the history of GCW for sure. That is one I would like to do these next three weeks. So you want to definitely do a watch along? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you there. And we already announced our, well, we haven't announced it, but you gave a little thing with Okay, good. So, because I have a feeling anybody who's a fan knows exactly what match, you know, I'm describing when I say that. So, and I might even, I'll, I'll show it to you first. Cause like every time I show this match to people, I always show like on YouTube, I found some guy did like a little 25 minute video of how that match came to be of Cardona versus Gage. And, hmm. uh, I think I'll show it you first. Cause I, I like it. It's fun. that some parts are a little yeah, whatever. But for the most part, I think it does a really good history of how that match got put together and brought brought together and has some cool footage and stuff like that. That would give the fans a good prelude of what to expect going into the main event. I'm game. I'm game on that. Okay, so we're just talking about it like it's some big secret. What I chose was GCW's Homecoming Weekend 2021 Night 1. I'm going to give you just a small rundown of what's going to go on in this match. I'm really looking more forward to the second half, but here we go. We have Marco Stunt versus Starboy Charlie, Tony Deppen versus Ninja Mac, which is, that's a nice match. AJ Gray versus Nolan Edward, Too Cold Scorpio versus Grim Reefer. We have a GCW ultraviolet title and the BJW deathmatch heavyweight title, Drew Parker 
versus Alex Cologne. Wow, yeah. Um, then we have a six-way scramble. Atticus Coger, Braden Lee, Dante Leon, Jack Cartwheel, Jordan Oliver, and Shane Mercer. Then we have the GCW Tag Team title. That's SGC, Warner, and Matthew Justice. Hello. Uh, defeating, well, versus G. Raver and Jimmy Lloyd. Title change. Effie versus Frontman Ja for just a little short match there. And then the GCW World Title Heavyweight, well, deathmatch basically. Matt Cardona versus Nick Gage. Where the people throw some crazy shit afterwards. I think that's the one that would be cool to watch. And again, we can always change. It doesn't have to be that one, but that one is pretty cool. I love the like the main event. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get excited talking about like what I loved about the main event and the teases, the non-tease. That whole weekend was kind of tease. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I I that's a fun one. You picked a really good one. I actually am glad you picked that one. I thought there's two that you were gonna I thought you were What were you thinking? Was it, what were you I thought, thinking? I was hoping you would pick this show and or um, run Ricky run as those are like. Thank you. Really okay, that was that. that was truly my number one. Okay, the reason but... why I didn't pick it was because I felt it was I felt you Too thought easy. it was going to be my first pick. Yeah, because it's a new shit rated on cage match. Like, yeah, I, and I was kind of thinking that's we my, can... where you would have started, but I I could go anywhere. No, I I want to do. We could do that for another one because uh, I those I, are all I, good. I can rewatch run ricky run before we do that so i we like i i've seen homecoming so much and like i said i've i've got new fans to gcw through this cardona gauge match and i love explaining the, the like that everything and i think that's why i love cardona he mm-hmm. focuses on the fucking little details and i always seem to kind of catch them or when i don't catch them i'm mad at myself i didn't but i love that he even put that as a little thing yes. to tell a story and i think there's so much just in that match that i will have so much fun talking about and uh explaining something i've never talked about with cardona that i like and this isn't singling out anyone because i don't know who to exactly single out but matt cardona's comedy doesn't suck you know how right now an independent you know and AEW and several companies like their their comedy kind of sucks like it's not that great or it's kind of dorky. Matt Cardona's comedy is always good. Like you can laugh at it even if you don't aren't in on all the jokes. And sometimes he makes it very easy. Like it's the most simplistic of heelish shit that he does, but the way he presents it and delivers it, I think, is what yes. separates it and makes it entertaining for me. Like like it's easy. Like I think he's like the heel version of Mick Foley. Like Mick Foley will do the easy face pop. We're here in Jacksonville, Florida. Thumbs up. Right. Like, say the name where you're from. Cheap pop. Cardona's going to do everything he can to get the cheap fucking heat, and it fucking overheats him. And it like he just feeds off of it. I think that's what I've been loving for him, kind of doing the cheap easy pop as a heat. Or I get cheap pop. Easy. Yeah, not that great. Yeah, I get that's it too. <laughs> I get it too. I go in the ring and I'm like. <laughs> all right uh is that it for this episode it is long i think i think we did okay there it's been a long time since we were able to have a full episode like that so yeah so then draft may come but a watch along dude i'm ready almost whenever as long as i don't have something i have almost every evening to do that that would be so much fun yeah that will that one will be a fun one i have to that one will Number two, I might have to be on a weekend, maybe if we do the whole show, or we'll see. 
uh, possibly Friday as Nevada Day. Uh, I have be cool. Friday off. What would be cool maybe is if we end up just doing it on like Twitch and then people can oh. kind of watch it live with us and we'll just that record will, the audio. And, yeah. I was going to kind of do that, plan that okay, at cool. YouTube. I was going to do that and through YouTube and throw the links out there on our Twitter when we did it because that one will just be a fuck around live. They won't be like, well, record everything. They'll do like I can edit it, post edit it and turn it into a podcast. So all that stuff will probably still happen. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. I think we'll do a live one and I could still edit post product post show and make it into a podcast easy um if we if we can really really be for sure on it you and i can pick a day and time and then we can actually send it out a couple days ahead of time and then everybody could kind of move their you know things around if they want to check in yeah we should plan this out we'll make it like we'll set up a date here instead of just spawn just springing it up on people yeah we'll give a couple days notice we'll figure that out over this break here <laughs> hell yeah yeah we we've got some time we can do that and uh we'll figure it out yeah and i uh yeah we, we got stuff going on <laughs> good stuff. i'm doing i'm the doing place. okay the only thing i'm doing is slinging crack or pimping and both, pimping both of them. exactly and both of them right now i've hired great managers they're doing wonderful so you know business is running itself right now business is good it's las vegas you have to have a side hustle in las vegas or you're poor you know how that goes. Ooh, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What Mountain Dew are you drinking? Ain't, is that the new one? Which one? Code, is code Red. Oh, okay, okay. I needed some extra pick me up for this uh, tonight. Okay, I, I'm not really supposed to drink it, but I'm a huge Mountain Dew fan, so I was looking at it because it looks like there's a new Mountain Dew that's coming out. Well, kind of a new Mountain Dew in November, and I'm like, oh my god, that looks like it. It's I don't know if you remember, but there's going to be one with Master Chief on it, and then there's another one. It's Mountain Dew. And they're two kind of different flavors that I'm Oh no, come on. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So nice. There's a there's a bunch of cool stuff on the horizon. I'm a nerd about that <laughs> shit. Um what I've been doing a lot lately is tie dyeing. And I think in the next couple of days I'm gonna do a reverse, which means I'm gonna take a black shirt, I dip it in bleach, I neutralize it, and then I basically put the colors on. So when I have this black shirt like this, you see the like spiral all through it with all the different colors. Like I'm gonna oh, okay. do it. And if that fucks up and I don't do it right, then I'm just going to go buy a white shirt at the next show. And then I'll tie-dye a white shirt. I liked my last one. I was happy with that, dude. That was fun. Like the black with all the bright colors. Yeah. I was happy with that. All right. We're just talking bullshit. I think it's time we do this. All right. Let's send them out of here. They... All right. How do we do this? Okay. Long. Long. I've... Okay. That was one exhale. and, and, and Okay. Long. No. Live. Long. Oh, Fuck. Long live, live G C Dub Dub. Ah, we both fucking hesitated. That was great. Okay, W.